Well, that's cool. Right into the mic pretty clear. Sure. I can All hear right, that. So that was a fun false start. <laughs> we were getting into it. Yeah, we were. Just right off the bat, just yeah. diving right in. All right. How's that sound? Yeah. Uh, yep. That should work. About right. We're good. Yeah. Cool. So I think we left off the kid or the average. The kid. So. Prefer. Uh, you, you have the light. There's a light instilled in all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what this podcast is founded on. Sure. There's a hero in everybody, a divine spark that wants to make the right decision. Yeah. And a little encouragement of that guy. You don't, you don't even have to approach the bad guys. It can go a long way. Right. That's consciousness, in my opinion. That's my idea, too. Yeah. Uh, which, which separates us from animals, I think, in many ways. Seems to be. Yeah. It seems to be. Did you hear about the... Um, I mean, this is going to be a straight ripoff of another podcast, but the chimp... Not a chimp. It was a primate. Okay. I forget what breed. Um, took a motorcycle. Uh-huh. Rode a motorcycle. This is a primate. Okay. Jumps off the motorcycle and goes to steal a baby. Wow. Doesn't surprise me, though. They are uh, very random creatures. Well, random to us, but in their minds, who knows, you know? <laughs> I mean, just to get to the point where you can operate the motorcycle without any coaching. So, never before, is now was this a one-down, four-up motorcycle or a five-up motorcycle? That's a good was question. A, did he just shift? automatic. Yeah, did he but shift? Other question is, like, did he get going? How did he get going? That's my question. Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Let, let's think about it for a second. So monkeys in general or any type of, um, oh my gosh, primate in general have really good balance. All right. Substantially far better than ours uh, in general, I would imagine. Uh, secondly, they're used to like swinging on vines and using their feet like sure. they're like hands. So they're dexterous. You know, very much so. Yes. So, you know, if they get going five or 10 miles an hour, which really all a bicycle or motorcycle really needs to stay up place, as long as they got vision and they can see, oh, where am I going? It's not too far-fetched for me to believe, depending no. on how they're putting the, now the gas, them using the gas. That is what gets I like how you've going. got the four-wheeler throttle going yes, rather than Great. the yeah. twist grip. Yep, you're right. Yeah, it motorcycle just goes to show that you're more in the... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's, yeah. that's true. I didn't think about that. So... But, yeah. We'll get back to the Divine Spark thing that we were sure. talking about before we started, but um, it's really good to see you, buddy. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's good to be here. I haven't seen you in years, I yeah. think. So we We've used talked to, a little bit, but... We used to do a lot of work together. We were at the same place together, um, repair facility back then. Yep. And since then, like I've moved into other things, and yep. you're doing... Man, you're killing it. You When I knew you, you were like a tire guy. Yeah. And now you're a store manager. Yep. I was a sales associate. Yeah. <laughs> Rocking and rolling, man. Moving up the ladder, doing a great job. Trying to, man. That's what a, a good wife will do that for you. you yeah. Know? How yep. long have you been kids. married? Uh, so we have been married, actually, next month will be eight years. Okay. And how long have you been together? Crazy. Uh, nine. Okay. I believe nine years. So Very healthy very healthy overlap there yeah. I like yeah. That. yeah oh yeah two years you know yeah uh, i never thought i'd be the one to get married man but um i never thought i'd like kids either it turns out i love kids cool so and you've got any now i got three three kids three kids yeah and you, you just had the third uh we just had the third one yep three he he was three weeks old last thursday so this thursday no. obviously be four weeks old yep that's so cool. He's, he's he's gonna be a redhead too, just like you, Chase. What? Yep. He's well, got no, red. He's got I, I don't red have hair. anything on my head anymore. Yeah. Is the problem. <laughs> oh man, my I am first. enjoying rocking the Corona quarantine beard right now. Like, so this is gonna be great because the last episode I shot was in January. Yeah. And it's uh, well, it's not January anymore. It's, yeah. And the the 
work from home has kicked in yeah. and all this other stuff. I was like, you know what? I don't have to be seen at a corporate environment for a while. That's true. Let's see how far it goes. <laughs> well, I'm used to seeing you with a beard anyway, I think. I think yeah. you had a beard uh, when we worked together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, usually I, I keep it pretty well trimmed like you've got. A yep. Good professional look. Yep. Um, not saying that this isn't for the hipsters out there that are no, already I think it looks straight. <laughs> but you can't wear a hat because you got a man bun anyway. Right. That is true. That that is technically true. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. But yeah, so this is all the red I've got left. I let it grow. I let my hair grow out a while back. Really? How, how did that happen? It's a lot of gray. It's a gray. Lead, apparently, nice. It's, and it's not like pretty silver. No, yeah, it's like dull gray and. You got to use special it's, hair product. I was like, yeah, I, I let it go really long, like longer really? than I had let. When when did this? And happen? by really long, I mean like an inch and a half. Two. Yeah, two inches. When did this happen? Uh, I just recently cut it, like a week or two ago. Oh wow! So I need to buzz it again because it's short. It's crazy, man. So it's like the and I've got gray coming in the beard. I never thought about nice. doing that, man. I, it's I, fun. I think I should try to do it. Well, I have to wear a hat if I did that, but <laughs> yeah, I still argue like if you have hair as a guy, grow it. Rock that stuff while you got it, because it's gonna go away. And if it doesn't go away, you get to be that silver fox and just kill it. So if you got hair, grow it. You can do the Hulk Hogan thing. I, least, you know, I don't. I have I have hair down to like my forehead. Yeah, but it's so thin. Yeah, and it's so blonde still up there that you can't see it. It you can't see it baby until it's hair. back here. Yeah, you got the baby terrible. hair. I got some baby hair too. Do now. you? Yeah. Yep. Nice. I'm I'm getting there too, my friend. Old age. Well, we're both mid thirties. So, we are. Yeah, yeah, we're very close in age. Yeah. Yep. So you got married for eight years, been with the same gal for nine. Mm -hmm. yep. Three kids. Yep. A three and a half week old. Yep. Life's good though, man. Yeah. You know, outside of uh, moving up. And I still have my ranks. job. I'm technically an essential employee. <laughs> You've always been essential, Rob. <laughs> Well, thank you, Chase. I appreciate that. No, no. I appreciate you doing the work, though, seriously, because you're in a retail environment. You're coming in contact with a lot of people. It's fun. And with <laughs> their vehicles, right? So you're... Yes. You know, they don't... San There's no sanitizing somebody's yeah. car real quick before you pull it in for no. whatever work they're going to have done. That's what gets so, me, man. What that? What's that like? So check it out, man. So I will be at work, and every day... I almost every day I am or every other day I'm in a meeting with my managers in my district and I'm having my district manager along with his boss, the regional manager, <clears throat> excuse me, explaining to us new and exciting rules on how to uh, try to tame the pandemic and our particular stores. But it has so many hypocritical uh, things in each thing that they want us to do. It's almost nonsense. So for instance, um, now if, don't get yourself in trouble now. I'll this try is my an best. uncut they show. Don't, I, I haven't, I haven't exposed where I work yet. So <laughs> no one knows where I work. Okay. So I'm not putting you on blast either. If any of, for some reason, someone in my high ups is watching, you're I didn't, I didn't name you. You're so. still working to understand the theory and the logic. Behind correct. It. Correct. The communication could be better. Hey, I've told my district manager how I feel about the it. The coherence <laughs> of the, the instructions. Correct. Which this is kind of why we're here too is, and we'll just touch on it briefly. Mm -hmm. The narrative is contradictory in itself. If you are willing to look at it from the root. So not the company that you're working for, right? They're just trying to keep up with what's already a contradictory. Sure. Delivery of yeah. information, which is weird. Well, like, so Chase, so they want us to wear masks and gloves and I'm fine with that. But if you don't wear them, they will, uh, they'll immediately fire you. 
So it's, they're treating it the same as um, safety protection in the Correct. shop. Correct. Yeah. We we have insane amounts of hand sanitizer, all the precautionaries that one would take in order to try to stay safe as you can, stay as safe as you can in this pandemic. And we do the we, vice versa for the customers. You know, we don't make customers wear uh, masks or gloves, but we offer them for free up front. Uh, if they like them, they can have them, but they're not mandated. Okay. Mm. Uh, and ironically enough, the customers, not the employees, are the ones that could be coming in from anywhere all over the globe or well, all over the flat globe. We'll get into that the here disc. shortly. The disc. The disc yes, yes. Absolutely. Uh, possible disc. So uh, possibly yeah. with that, but um, it, to me, I just feel like that's kind of ridiculous you know that all these people could be in different states could possibly have it but they don't have to wear masks we don't have to scan them we also have to scan i have to scan every single one of my employees in with a uh with a thermometer uh every single time they come into each morning just to make sure that they're fine i have to take pictures of these guys with their masks and their gloves every single morning every single ones and their employees numbers it's a very redundant very um uh, elaborate things that I'm having to do. It's got to feel a little like micromanaging. Oh yeah, micromanagement, mm-hmm. micromanagement to the extreme. But the best part is, is again, you know, the customers are the ones that are going to probably potentially have this. And like you just stated briefly ago, the cars are the cesspools where this stuff probably is going to be sitting. Whether it be on the steering wheel, which we do provide the steering wheel covers and things like that, but we still have to touch them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. To me, you can't you can't test drive with a steering wheel cover on. Correct. It violates yes, a different safety code. Exactly. Yeah. So you're exposing your tech every time. Who is hopefully wearing gloves? But they don't see. But it if like he's that. wearing if he's wearing greasy gloves, right? Now he's stained the wheel, Correct. and now you're buying a steering wheel. Yeah. Or a terrible de- detail. God only knows what else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, there's just a lot of things that contradict each other, and it's obvious that the cust- the company is doing the best that they can with what they have, mm-hmm. um, and they're just trying to make money. That's what they're there to do. That's sure. what all companies and businesses are there to do. They're there to make money, and uh, I think another big problem is, is we have corporate guys that are just sitting in their house right now with not much to do, but they want to still seem uh, viable to the company. So they're sitting there behind their little corporate computer, putting in 30 emails a day, do this, do that. Don't forget this. Don't forget that. But all while we're on the front lines, I don't have time to check every single email. You know, just, I don't want to go on too, too much about that. No, no, no. I don't want to get you in trouble either, but there is, you know, you do know about the Matthew principle though, right? The Pareto distribution in any given creative endeavor, the square root of the total amount of people in that endeavor create 80% of the product. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's basically the 80, 20 rule. Yeah. But it's actually worse than that. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, there's a, I've been working in corporate environments for a while. Yeah. A few different ones. Oh yeah. Yeah. There are some people that you can tell 80% of their job is job justification. Correct. And you know what? That's the system we've built. Yes, it I'm is. not saying there's anything wrong with what they're trying to do. Maybe yeah. they're in a position where they're just not getting well. They're trying that meaningful task. Yeah, and they're so they're, they're trying to out. make themselves yes. more, uh, you know, viable than they really are. Um, in some cases, because it's the only way you're going to move up. Right. Well, it's if the only you... way they're going to keep their jobs too. They want to make make it like, well, I'm making, you know, God only knows how much they make, hundreds of thousands a year. So I need to show that I'm at least putting some forth sure. effort, not just sitting at the house so I don't get furloughed. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And uh, I mean, one of the supp- suppliers you guys use, all of their outside sales staff got furloughed for at least two months. Yeah, well, our tire trucks hadn't didn't come in for 
months. Like yeah. I don't think like at least two months if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, lots of craziness, man. Lots of craziness for sure. I think it's I think it's going to get end up eventually getting back to normal. But um, we don't really know though. At the same time, this could be a test for something much crazier. Well, and you they know, keep talking come. about the new normal. So right. even even if we could go back to normal. The narrative right now is not going to allow for that. No. They're going to push us to have a new normal. Yeah, and we're getting used to this new normal, too. Yeah. That's the scary thing. A lot of people are getting used to it. And, um, you know, I kind of always figured if something really bad was ever going to happen in the country, which, you know, history tends to repeat itself. But um, I always thought that it would just happen in a snap of an instant. Uh, you know, everything would go bad. Everything would be chaos. But in reality, you know, the people that run the show... Uh, I think they're a bit smarter than that, and I think they're extremely strategic, and it makes substantially more amount of sense now what they're doing than it would be just to like throw something in some a hot pot of coffee in somebody's lap, for instance, versus just nice and easy. Put that frog in a slow boil and let them just turn that water up very, very slowly and just let the frog roast itself. And I will say, because the idea behind that is the frog doesn't know that it's... Correct. In- warming up to the point where it's going to kill well, him. Well, eventually, it's though, so the, frog, slowly. It, the frog, actually, what happens is the frog it exerts too much energy in adjusting its heat and its body level mm-hmm. to stay cool that when it comes too too hot where the body can, where its body cannot substantiate the, the heat enough, it's already too it tries tired. to jump out, and it's too tired to jump wow. out, and it... It's a great analogy. Uh, um, it's too tuckered out. <laughs> yeah. Dave Benson and I were talking about um, the puppeteers, the puppet masters, and uh, Who are they is the question. Well, there it is. They. And they, I think it's Pink, always they. Pinky and the Brain did it the best. The Horde of Ecumenical Yodelers. T-H-E-Y. They, <laughs> the Horde of Ecumenical yeah, Yodelers. <laughs> and it's, it's such a great episode. I like um, it. I think Hot Fuzz does a great narrative on that, too. If you've seen Hot Fuzz uh, with Simon With Pegg uh, and Simon Pegg and uh, his brilliant partner. What's his name? Nick Frost. Nick Frost. That's yeah, what it is. Those yeah, those guys are hilarious. They are funny. But uh, are the, funny. you've got that group of like... <sighs> Drew Druidian looking people. Yeah. Turns out it's just the neighborhood town or the town <laughs> leaders. Well there's but a there's all a lot about of that greater good and they're killing people to keep their town looking right. good. And it's like yeah. it's all justified. It's all about the greater good. It's like <laughs> But there's a lot of no. truth to that where people don't even see it. And I think in a lot of our Hollywood movies, uh and a lot of social media, there's a lot of things that are kind of in plain sight that we are seeing that may be subliminal and may just kind of keep us in a certain uh, environment, if you will, mentally, but um, that just keeps us going in the same direction. Just a constant circle of not normalness, even though we think it's normal, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. What well, I'm noticing, things are getting bolder. Way more bold, They're, yes. It's like Over the past 15 years, even 10 years, things mm-hmm. are like dramatically changing. Right. They'll say, yeah, we did that, and just throw it out there. Mm-hmm. And be like, no one what, cares. this is normal. Yeah. And I think they're testing the water to see how much they can get away with before we start caring. Well, in not, a lot of ways, not to jump into too many different subjects at once, but you know, when we were talking about vaguely talking about this, so, um, for instance, you're talking about testing the water. So, you know, even 20 years ago, if you would have talked about a parent, and you know, this is going to be controversial here, so just bear with me, but if you would have talked about a parent, letting his five or six-year-old boy turn into a girl or their five or six-year-old girl turn into a boy, vice versa, people would think you are insane and probably try to have you mentally committed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nowadays, though, it seems that, you know, 
that's okay. As a matter um, of fact, it's the reverse in a lot of cases. It's if an, you're yes. not willing to let correct your five year old, then you're some type of bigot or yeah. you know, xenophobe or something. And it's scary to me that we're allowing children to make full fledged decisions for themselves that are going to ultimately uh, change their lives forever and and probably not in a good way. You know, I'm not saying that that's not, you know, everybody's different, you know, and when they're mm -hmm. an adults and they feel like they need to do something to make themselves feel happy or feel complete, I'm all for that. But when you're dealing with children, um, they need to just be as, you should be as transparent with them as possible towards that type of stuff. You, you want to kind of protect them and hide them from any kind of serious uh, decision making like, Hey, uh, you know, I mean, that's a decision as long the lines of, Hey, um, do you, do you tell your five-year-old about sex? You know, right. uh, do you tell your five-year-old about the crackheads around the corner? And there are people that do that. Yeah, and there are. And you yeah. know that even, even that though is still not as bad mm -hmm. as in my opinion. Okay. As letting your five or six-year-old or God forbid you pushing your five or six-year-old into a sex operation or, uh, hormonal, uh, dependency changes, things like that, or hormonal, um, I can trying to think what they're called. Um, hormone therapy. Therapy, hormone mm -hmm. therapy. I mean, mm -hmm. to me, that's just very scary. Well, I mean. Very frightening. Well, sure. And to give an idea, coming back to what you were bringing up, is the, the gradients across 15, 20 years. I remember as a kid, late 80s, early 90s, hearing about parents letting their kid get a tattoo. Sure, yeah. It's a very permanent change to yeah. the body. Mm -hmm. Um. Like, you know, I grew up in a semi-conservative family where getting your ears pierced before a certain age is a... yeah. Yeah. No-no. Huge no-no. <laughs> well, it's a huge no-no. And then the reasons are, look, it's it's pretty permanent. It's sacred, too. You know, you and got you your... you don't know what you're doing yet. Innocent body as well. You know, that's mm, that's how mm. you know, Christian families a lot of times yeah. will see that. Well, and there's yeah. a lot of truth in that, too. Well, and at the very least, you know, we can talk about tattoos and stuff, like you're saying, when you're an adult. Right. The argument, I think, on the flip side is... You're, you're imprisoning that person to live in a gender that isn't theirs Correct. for 15 years. Correct. And if you think of it as a prison like that, it is horrifically torturesome in the mind of somebody who's saying, why would you ever make somebody be what they're not? And see, now, right, now like, there's a well, flip side to that, but, though. But do we know who they are yet? Right. Do they know who they are yet? Right. Who knows who they are let at them, five years let old? Them, let them be them for sure. What I'm saying is, is if a five or six-year-old boy... Uh, try looks at girl clothes or looks at something pink, uh, looks at something feminine in any way, shape, or form. At our society, thinks is feminine. Uh, we immediately just push them. Oh, he thinks he's a girl. We're gonna have to do hormone therapy and everything else. Versus, okay, well, let's see where this goes. And you can be open. I mean, I don't think it's bad if you let your boy play with Barbie dolls necessarily. I mean, you no. know, I always thought it was interesting when I was a kid. I thought Barbies were interesting. And then I'd have the Ken dolls and the, or not the Ken dolls, the, like my army dolls, like with the G.I. Joe's, gun, GI yeah. Joe's the guns yeah. and stuff. And they would kill the Barbies <laughs> and then the Barbies would come back to life and kill them. So zombie Barbies. I love kid, this idea. Wait, kids, can kids we shoot crazy. that movie? Yeah. yeah we need I, to I know a movie. guy that does stop motion. We could do it. <laughs> yes. There you go. But I mean, kids are crazy, man. You know, kids don't know what they want. Kids, no. you know, it, it takes no. years. You, let them make decisions. Heck, if you, I will, I will do this. You ready? On camera, global. <laughs> well, disco, global. It's still up for debate. Um, internet, 
media. You want your your kid wants to cross dress? Go for it. Go for it. It's temporary. It's temporary. They're not making any permanent changes Correct. to their body. Yeah. I don't see a problem. I don't either actually with that. With that. Yeah. And then there's a, another element too and this is where I've been deeply concerned. Native American cultures and other warrior cultures across time would teach you to be the most intense warrior. Right. Then they'd also make you learn to dance and learn <laughs> to sew. Right. They knew about the balance. Right. You can't have power yeah. without understanding restraint and fragility. Yep. You have to have a good fiscal balance with everything. Yeah. Yep. And we messed up. I think I think we can lay this at the feet of a scarred generation that came out of World War II. Yeah. Which is built on a couple of a, different generations, yeah. probably, man. Well, so it trickles down, right? So mm, this Butterfly is just my effect, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of my my flip flop theory. Mm-hmm. Um, so greatest generation comes out, they survive World War II. In order to do that, you can't question leadership. You ain't got time. Yeah. People are dying. Right. right. It's an intense, high stress situation where you don't have time to question the captain. Right. They brought it home. Home. Nobody talked about it back then. Nobody though. talked about what it's like to be a dad. So there was a lot more probably uh, violence in the home that was never seen. There's a that, lot more yeah. verbal abuse that was probably never seen. Because it was normal language for the guys that were coming Correct. home, right? Yeah. Or and the guys and gals, because there were women that were over there yep. doing stuff too. Like, yeah. you're gonna carry that stuff home. Mm-hmm. And we built an industrial society mm-hmm. based on. The Wizard of Oz idea. Yeah. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Right. And that's not how a proper home should work. There should be discourse. How how am Correct. I going to know how to handle the stress of being a dad right. if my dad is never wrong and never has stress? Yes. And see, my wife and I talk about that quite often. And my wife worries that, you know, she doesn't want to argue in front of the kids all that often. Uh I'm kind of the opposite of that, where I think as long as they're not screaming and cussing each other, obviously, which we really don't ever do that. Uh, maybe our earlier years, <laughs> but you know, as hey, you, first two years, man, it's, it's crazy. But once yeah. you, if once you can get past that threshold of the tough years, as I will call them, um, it's a beautiful thing. And whether you're religious or not, you know, I believe that God blesses you for sticking it out through a marriage. And uh, if you truly love each other, I think that it just blossoms into something completely different, into some type of glorious and beautiful, prosperous partnership. Completely um, agree. You know. And I also think we grow as individuals in yeah. a way that you won't grow with anybody that could leave at any time. Yeah, and That's I agree with that. That's why that commitment, yeah. that vow of being mm-hmm. welded together Correct. forever yes. is so important. And just get stronger with time as long as you stay true to your vows, essentially, and uh, true to your partner. But, you know, we talk about um, arguing and, uh, you know, I think it's actually a good thing for our kids to see us. My wife and I argue all the time, but it's over nonsense, like Mm -hmm. just stupid little things in the house. Uh, You know, we don't fight over money really anymore. We don't fight over uh, serious, serious topics. But I think it's important for children to see that that minor discord so that they know that relationships are not meant to be perfect at all. Uh, you're going to have, it's a partnership. So you're going to have 50, 50. That's the way it should be. So one person's most certainly almost all the time, not all the time, but many times going to disagree with the other person. And they need to see that that's normal. Um, and back to what you were talking about with, um, you know, 
kids, the baby boomers, essentially, from World War II um, growing up. And I think that those kids probably saw a lot of crazy closed-door stuff that probably needed a lot of therapy. And I think a lot of that may have caused some serious mental illness with a lot of those sure. people, baby boomers, growing up. And I also think that, like my father, I mean, I'll give that him. I'll give an example of my father, very intelligent, very smart guy. I think he has some really some serious stuff that has probably never been addressed and because it wasn't allowed to be talked about back right. then. But then we have our generation or the first generation of, Hey, it's okay to give your kids ADHD medication. No, um, not definitely not the first. Well, I well, would, cause I would say the hippie movement. I was in third grade and that's when they came out with Adderall or Ritalin, yeah. Ritalin, excuse Ritalin. me. Ritalin so, was the big thing. Yes. When you, we're both the same. And age, I was, and I was, was like, medicated from like third grade up and my parents had a good bit amount of money back then. Um, and you know, throughout pretty much my entire childhood life. So if I ever, uh, show, shoot, if I ever shown, if I ever showed them any type of, uh, rebellion or if I seemed a little hyperactive or anything like that, they would always counter that with an expensive doctor visit and probably mm. some type of medication. And it didn't take me till later on in my adult years where, you know, I'm not medicated at all now. Uh, it just life, people are different. All kids are different. Um, you should probably let them, before you medicate them, you should probably let them kind of bloom a little bit, if you will, blossom a little bit into who they're going to be before you start pumping their minds full of chemicals that could oh. alter them for the rest of their it's lives. It's terrible, man. It's terrible. I've been looking into that kind of stuff a lot. And yeah. The we went from like too We're, tough. We went from like too tough to too soft. Exactly. In, a, in an instant. And that's the flip flop that I'm talking about. So we did too tough, and then we had the flower power movement in the hip, the hippie generation. Then Gen Xers, so the 80s, yep. the whole now acid, you know. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. It was some kind of weird blend. The LSD. Oh yeah. But it was. It was kind of a blend of the greatest generation intensity and like rigidity. Right. With the drugs we got from the 60s. Yeah. And then. 90s come along millennials which yeah. is what we are somehow yep the acid the acid days yeah not acid as in like lsd but like you know acid jeans yeah, acid shirts, yeah tie-dye yeah, tie-dye tie-dye was we're back bringing it back after, yep. yeah and well it's nice to the see Jinko that shorts and so <laughs> now i think i'm hoping we're kind of settling down like i don't think we realize just how much the world wars affected us a as a humanity across time yeah so we go to one extreme the other right but it's just like a bouncing ball it's just yeah. like yeah it's finally settling is it going to settle in a place that's comfortable and i think the only way we're going to know is if we start having good discourse between opposing points of view yeah we got you got to talk about it man you, you definitely got to talk about it and you can't it can't just be so narrow-minded. You know, it can't just have... We, we can't all just have one view. There needs to be multiple views. We need to ask questions about everything for the most part. Uh, and I think a lot of us, like you were just saying, I think a lot of us that with the bouncing ball, we're trying to figure it out. We're doing the best that we can. And there's many of us that think for ourselves. You know, yourself, my, me, lots, many, many other viewers, people that are watching this show, um, just kind of proves that you're willing to look and watch another perspective, listen to another perspective. Um, but there's so many people out there, unfortunately, that will not. They're kind of candle boxed into like just the new social norm, and I'm going to call it the past decade norm, or even really the, you know, 2005 and up norm, where you know, dare I say it, it's really like 
Democrats that have gone far, 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 far left liberal. And you can make the same argument about, you know, the right side. Okay. But it seems that a lot of these people like MTV has had an insane, uh, or not just MTV, but social media in general, their ideas and their insane ideas, the ideas that are so far left, um, they become dangerous. Um, like, uh, the whole, and again, this is kind of controversial, but we're talking about abortion, killing babies, like right as they're allowed to be born in some States now, uh, that's just one really, really sick thing in my opinion. Um, allowing children to take hormonal, uh, you know, therapy at the age of four and five, you know, sex operations at children's sex, I mean, just crazy stuff that we should not be allowing. Um, you know, so that's, my real thing there is like, so these, you have these group of people and they're the ones that essentially have, there's a lot of them nowadays. So we're kind of, there's us and then there's, there's people that think for themselves and then there's people that are just cookie cutter. You know, they're, they're listening to the media nonstop. That's all they listen to the MSM mainstream media. They, uh, they, all they do is pump their kids full of television and all the social media that's out there. They just listen to that and that's their truth. Yeah. Um, and it's sad. You well, know, it's, it's, it's propaganda. truly sad. Propaganda. Yeah. So I remember in the 90s, the idea, talking about the, the liberal movement, because I do think they've gotten, they've gone too far in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and But it's hard to say anybody goes too far when their root, when their root motivation is compassion. So we, we can talk about different topics and say, oh, well, you're, for instance, the pro-choice argument. Well, you're you're oppressing the woman, not letting her make a decision about her body. So, well, so I'm not saying it's the correct right thing at all. Uh, I'm not saying it's not either. We're not going to get into that one. Right, right. But I am going to say it's born of compassion for the woman's rights. I think initially it was. But then I think it was also mutilated and manipulated back in the '60s, back when they well, decided to destroy yeah. the family by giving out the you know a woman can only get welfare if the man's not in the house and things of that nature. So now all of a sudden, abortion becomes not just hip, but it also becomes hey, I need to do this so I can get some money. Yeah, no, it's terrible. Um, and that that's what I really what I mean. Uh, mm-hmm. I, You're talking about the perversion. The, of it's what been perverted. Could be a, yeah. It's been diluted into something whole and I understand what you're saying like you know the woman should have control of her body and and I'm not saying that for any by any means like if someone was raped or something like that we're talking about a whole another set of circumstances but you're also talking about outliers of a broader situation, way different right? spectrum yeah. yeah way different spectrum yeah. altogether cuz a baby it's not the baby's fault and you know first couple weeks first couple months whatever you you know I have my own beliefs on that mm-hmm. but I'm so I'm sorry you know left wing what left wing right wing I don't care what your views are a baby that is nine months old should not be clipped in the back of the neck because that's how they kill them they will turn that baby around and then will take a little incision and they will snip its spinal cord it's just it's so yeah. I've seen it and I've seen it online and it's the most disturbing thing I've ever seen yeah, I don't it's... ever want to see it ever again and people <laughs> should see it I I wanted to see it once just so I could really see what I was up against, see mm-hmm. what humanity is up against. Yeah, and it is the most disgusting thing, most vile thing you could you could possibly like an innocent life like that being snuffed out. It's just god awful. In the one place they should be the most safe. In the one place they should be the most safe. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So. Well, that's heavy. Yeah, heavy, heavy stuff. It you know, went, it went you know dark how quick. it's heavy. <laughs> you know how it's heavy. Gravity. <laughs> 
Oh, he's How's changing, that for a changing, segue? changing the topic on us. Yeah. So, one of the things that I've seen about you is you question a lot of very established narratives. Yes. We'll get into the specifics here in a minute. but We can talk what, about gravity if you want to. Oh, we're going for gravity. <laughs> I love gravity. I, for, bo- for both sides of the argument, I sure. love it. It's like, yeah. show me gravity. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, that's different. Uh, it yeah, also works for iner- inertia. Neil deGrasse and, Tyson, like verbatim, uh, uh, what is gravity? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so questioning narratives, is that something you've always done? Or did you kind of come from a household no. that didn't question narratives no. and then kind of... And this is kind of like how did this start for you? What you were talking about, like we are kind of our own people in the beginning of our session here. Yeah, that individual. Um, We have our own little spark. spark. Yeah, yeah, and and eventually I think we grow into that. So, what I'll say was I, and I think there's something that initiates that spark though. Hmm. So for me, I was mindlessly. This is before I really had any type of controversial thought. Uh, I was mindlessly scrolling through. I think it was either Facebook or MySpace. This is like ten years ago, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. And uh, I saw this video, which, by the way, they are no longer around, and I'm about to uh, tell you the name of it here in a second, but this, before I expose the name, this particular individual, extremely intelligent, uh, family guy, he ended up moving his family years ago from the United States to Argentina or some, some other, like, indigenous area where they just like made their own little cabin in the woods and they are like living just off the grid. They got pigs, goats, chick, you know, all the works. So anyway, so the name of his YouTube channel at the time was called storm clouds gathering, which I always thought was a very unique name for a, you know, a truther channel. So, uh, his videos for the time 10 years ago were exceptionally put together. And I think that they were edited and put together better than most videos are nowadays. All right. He is, he is the guy that opened my mind to government corruption and not necessarily the whole flat earth argument. He didn't ever talk about that. This was just simple monetary type stuff, what the government does, the the dollar, how, how you know, how terrible it's, it's become over the years, ever since Nixon took it off the, the gold standard in the seventies. He talks about how the corruption of the government and nine 11 and, uh, just a plethora of things about how we invaded all those different countries and put in mm. public establishment, puppet, puppetist uh, governments in place. So that's what he talked about. And I encourage all of you guys, he still has a few videos up. Uh, he doesn't make them anymore, but it's called Storm Clouds Gathering. You watch one of them, you're going to be hooked. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, it's so much fun to watch them. Uh, he's he's so well uh, spoken, and he just seems like a really good guy. And I actually got to talk to him uh, twice on, on like a live chat years and years ago. But he's he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Um, but yeah, storm clouds gathering. Check that out. That's that's what started me. Yeah, uh, that's what started my whole pursuit of looking into the truth. And from there, it just kind of grew. Or at least questioning, questioning the unquestioned truths. Yes, exactly. Right? Questioning our our the way we live. Questioning uh, our truth. Our what we're told as is truth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like to question it all for sure. Good. That's awesome. Some things are truth <laughs> that yeah. we are told, but then I think there's a lot of things that are not. Well, so. Yeah. so there's a certain level of just assumption. You just go with it because honestly, society just won't survive if we're caught in the, in the weeds and the quicksand yeah. of questioning every little matter. detail. Yeah. But when you get a minute, if there's a, if there's a, <laughs> like a big topic that you've 
kind of just assumed, yeah, that works. It's a fun exercise. It is. Okay, well, I know it works. How does it work? Right. Who says it doesn't work? Correct. Why do they say it doesn't work? Right. Right? Start getting into it, man. Do they have good points? Yep. And like the flat earth thing, that's a great example in a lot of ways because until 500 years ago, we thought the earth was flat as a society. Yep. For really good reasons. Yeah. And they tell you. Lots of good reasons. Our current truth tells you that we knew it was round for thousands of years, but that's really not true. Right. So that's just it was one surmised. example. Small example. Yeah, surmised for thousands of years, but yep. surmised quickly becomes it oh, never, we've just known it for thousands of years. Yeah, it never it never called on. It never did. Copernicus, Nicholas Copernicus is the one that essentially got it all encapsulated and, you know, brought that heliocentric model to real light and it actually called on. And we can talk about that too, uh well, so, many, many times with Tycho Brahe and all those other famous philosophers and astronomers. Yeah. Well um, you and I have spent weeks. Yes weeks discussing these things before so we could go for oh yeah weeks well easily. i just we can do like a small but, breakdown i mean because 500 bc which was pythagoras of samos is the guy that and he was in greece uh he was a mathematician and philosopher he's the one that actually initiated the whole uh heliocentric model but his way of thinking about it was actually a little bit different than the way ours is today so his didn't never really catch on it just kind of stayed in his little uh he taught at some type of, I guess you would call it a college back then or a school back then. Uh, and that stayed around for a few hundred years. Um, and then it just kind of completely died away. And then a thousand years later, a guy named Plato, you guys have probably heard of him. No. <laughs> he uh, actually picked it. He picked up the heliocentric backup. Uh, and then from him, he had uh, one of his students called Aristotle. Uh, I'm sure you guys have heard of Aristotle. He's actually created a book called On the Heavens, which... Uh, had three main topics of why he really thought the uh, the Earth was a spinning globe on an axis and all this other stuff. And then he had Eratosthenes after him, so on and so forth. But it never really caught on until, like you said, 500 years ago. Uh, I just want to give you guys a little bit of backstory on how long this has been going on. And uh, we just never really thought about it until about – or never really caught on until about 500 uh, years ago. Well, so. it could be argued, too, that we didn't have the empirical methods – to True. properly explore those Yeah, ideas. we didn't have telephones. We didn't have social media to push all the information out. So. Well, I more meant as far as like we didn't have a scientific method. Bacon didn't come around until, what, roughly three or four or five hundred years well, ago? Well, they had their own methods, though, that they, had they would methods, use. Plenty but, of methods. But not what we, not what we call the True. scientific ne- method as we understand it now. The scientific method mm-hmm. as we understand it now is meant to strip out all or as many biases as possible. Not Correct. all. Correct. Because you can't. You yep. have to have presuppositions. Right. But the idea is to get the observer and their biased thinking as far out of it as possible. Correct, yeah. You and want that it to was be, new. You want it to be completely transparent, if possible. Uh, and that's for both sides as well. And that's how you can come to real truth, uh, is if you got two people, completely different opposite sides. And honestly, it's very difficult to bring somebody out of their normalcy and out of mm-hmm. what they truly believe. Um, so, you know, it, it takes, a, I guess you'd call them a brave individual, uh, in order, cause you have to release your ego in order to think of yeah. or believe in something else. Um, but you are a hundred percent correct on the fact where there's so many different, more intelligent methods and ways of going about things as well, mathematically, scientifically, how to prove certain things. Um, and that's another reason why I find it so fascinating that 
certain things still cannot be proven. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, gravity is a great one. Yeah, it's it's we, it's very strange. We uh, know molecules attract each other equally, according to Newton. Well, uh, yeah, and according then, to according to Newton. According to Newton. Yeah. And so, if something has more mass, it not only has more attraction because it's got more molecules, but it also has more mass, so it takes more inertia to get it to move. So the smaller thing will attract at a higher rate. Yeah, and you would, lighter, you would think that. Right? I mean, you, and that that seems to make sense. It does. Mm. Um, but there's other things that kind of contradict it as well. Like how does a bird fly in the sky? You know, and I understand about the the, the lightness of the bird and things like that compared mm-hmm. to the gravity. But, you know, density and buoyancy is really all gravity is. Mm. Um, and, and it's true. I mean, if well, you think about it in a medium, so any medium that you have, whether it be water, air, the heavier an object through the lighter the medium is going to fall. Well, and gravity the lighter is going to raise. Gravity is a force. That's what they Den- say. Density and buoyancy are not forces. So that's how they s- essentially separate them. Yeah. But in reality, they are technically kind of the same thing, and there's no way to disprove it. There has been people that have tried to yeah. disprove it. There are a lot like of these weird contraptions yeah. where they're like, "Oh well, look. Oh wait, the ball dropped. So now it's real." But in reality, it's just density and mass that's fallen to the floor because the medium's okay. Oxygen. So a quick side question then. Sure. In vacuum. Yes. Things still fall the same direction. Vacuum? In vacuum. So you mean, you if you create like a vacuum tube, mm-hmm. put a ping pong ball in it, Okay. it still falls in the same direction. Down? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, not down. Very important distinction here. Yeah. Toward the center of the mass of the earth. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I actually cannot remember. I've seen quite a few videos on vacuum, people creating vacuum environment. Um, I can't remember actually seeing that or not, so I don't want to speak on that per se. Mm-hmm. The only thing I know for a fact with the whole vacuum thing, and I've seen this many, many times, is that you cannot create spark. You cannot create any kind of force in a vacuum whatsoever, mm-hmm. ignition-wise. You just mm-hmm. it, it cannot be done. Um, even with like, and unless you expel oxygen with the spark. You know, I, I've I've heard that too, man. Mm-hmm. And I actually thought like that's you know I've heard oh that's what NASA does and blah blah blah. But it's how a turbo pump works on a rocket. Yeah, engine. but I mean, at the same the purpose time, purpose of the turbo pump actually. That's yeah, and I mean, I've heard all that stuff, man. But until you actually like see it, like mm-hmm. it, in my opinion, it's just it's not it's not valid. Right. Um, got to whole... see it with your own eyes, man. Yeah, I, I got to see it, man. And, be... and not even that, though, man. Like, there's so many different things that still don't add up in those type of models as well, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, that it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to a lot of people. Um, and I think that's where all the questions essentially are coming from. But like with the whole gravity thing, I mean, I know people like to technicalize it and make it super duper mm-hmm. theoretical and add a bunch of numbers to it. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, I really feel like gravity is just density and buoyancy. It's buoyancy of oxygen. Yeah. I'm, well, it's I, just buoyancy in the air rather than buoyancy like a fish adjusts its buoyancy. I think, I think buoyancy. it can be explained as simple as any medium Mm-hmm. where an object is traveling through the heavier the medium or I'm sorry the heavier the object as long as the medium is not as heavy as the object mm-hmm. it's going to fall you mean more dense the more dense yes the more dense yeah. the medium is correct okay. and if it's lighter if the object's lighter then it's going to obviously raise through the medium right so that's i mean essentially that's what i think gravity is and cool. i think that's how it works yeah um you know another hey, thing hey it's a better explanation than i've heard a lot of people who are globers say <laughs> 
Well, well, another thing right. is like it's also at least more thought out. The atmosphere, man, like the whole like we're talking, you know, we're taught taught that like there's this massive layer, mm-hmm. right, that keeps our uh, ecosystem and I guess you would call it like all of our oxygen and our air uh, separated from space, mm-hmm. right? So the thing that doesn't make sense to me though, and you know, you can watch tons of videos on this, but I don't understand how you can just go right into space from our earth you know that to mm-hmm. me that doesn't make any sense if our if we're encapsulated in something that's spinning over a thousand miles an hour because mm-hmm. that's what they're saying earth spins over a thousand miles an hour yeah and earth along with everything else is spinning thousands and thousands of miles that we're spinning like was it 10 or twenty thousand miles maybe sixty thousand miles an hour around the sun yeah it's and the then, whole intro to big bang theory yes yeah. but then that is like going even further like how do they come up with that stuff in my opinion it's just it's crazy yeah um, and that's the whole reason why I don't really believe in the whole space thing either is because like we were just talking about with vacuum, um, if space is truly a vacuum, like they say it is, uh, I don't think the propulsion is valid. And if it is, if for some reason, if, you know, you can figure out a way, way to make a propulsion in a vacuum, mm-hmm. I don't think it would be easily controlled. Like they, no. like they make it look like it is, you know, on, uh, uh, space shells and things like that. So that's but, one of the arguments I have though. Well, have you ever heard of like so we're talking about like where the um where our uh, oh my goodness uh earth is spinning over a thousand miles an hour so like our ecosystem inside of the earth you know we're encapsulated and we're basically safe I guess you'd call it from space that's how it separates us from space is like our uh, thermosphere and our atmosphere and all that other stuff. And the Van Allen belts. The van well the Van they Allen all, radiation belts is, that's worked, a whole nother thing we can talk but about. But they work to negate the they they all seem to work together as like a filtration system from what I've studied to where the other harmful things that are in the... that's a, So coming back to real quick. Sure. There's a lot of misnomers and a lot of just poor articulations of understanding of both sides, I think. Okay. One of them is vacuum. It's not a vacuum. It's near vacuum. So, a, so you're saying space a, is not a vacuum. It's not. A there's no such thing as an absolute vacuum. vacuum. There is a near vacuum. It's void of any oxygen. It's void of void anything. Void of atmosphere. Yes. But there are things in it. So a true vacuum would have absolute nothing. Right. Yeah. Almost Plus, nothingness. Which is what a lot of people and think there's, space there's another is. Argument but when there. you actually build, when you actually look into it, it's not. It's not. That's a very. That's such an oversimplistic way to look at it as, mm-hmm. as being absolute vacuum. Yeah, but that's kind of but what But it we're... also makes sense because you don't need to know to get to the store Yeah, what's, what well, the actual I feel like that's what, the, that's what we're given, though. You know, that, that it information. Is. It's a low res. Um, and it's, it doesn't it's – not, it's not enough for me, you know. Um, and, you know, there's so much to talk about. You know, I could get jumbled up in my thoughts with all the things we could talk about. Sure, me too. But, I'm uh, terrible about Van, it. We'll just talk about the Van Allen radiation belt. So, well, first, before we do that, I think we should at least establish I, – I talk to a lot of people who are surprised when I say, yeah, I was talking with a couple of buddies the other day. They're subscribers to the Flat Earth sure. uh, hypothesis or theory. You could call it theory because they are testing it. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we can't prove it either. But we then can't. they say, well, what do they think it looks like? And so we've got this little visual aid here. Uh, it's not going to translate hardly at all on audio only, but just so you know, we have an atlas. It's one of my, it's my kid's toy, right. actually. But the uh, the countries will actually disconnect from the globe, <laughs> and then we're going to put them on a 
what's basically a serving tray and just kind of talk about the difference. Now on a globe model, there are two poles, which are the Arctic and the Antarctic, basically. Uh, North and South Pole, both very frozen, right? Um, for the globe perspective, those are the poles. They're the top and bottom of the ball. They're where the axis is that's moving, Kind of on an pivoting. axis. <laughs> yeah, kind of, right. Um, for flat Earth, it's it's the same. It's all the same geography, except it's you take the Antarctic. You just flatten you, it down. You, you just flatten that thing a, right down. Well, not exactly. You take the Antarctic underneath, right? And you make a hole, and then you stretch it open. Yeah, you basically so take it and you flatten it out. So now, instead of having yep. the Antarctic being one continent yep. that's centrally located, what yep. you're going to have is a rim around the Correct. disk of the ice wall, which we'll hopefully get to. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the Arctic in the middle, yeah. North Pole, still doing its thing. Looks yeah. exactly like it would. So that's, it's not as dramatically different and I, I mean, I can. No, it's really not. Yeah. Here. The azimuthal equidistant map or a Gleason's map or. This one here is Ferguson's map. You know, the United Nations, uh, their logo, official logo. Yeah, is, just look uh, at that. Is a, is a flat earth map. It is. You it's call it, it's so. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind it's of a great funny. example. I feel like they're like laughing at us too sometimes. Well, if they are what <laughs> the flat earth community, as far as I've found, thinks they are. Then they are laughing at us. Well, Hitler, Hitler also used a lot of flat Earth maps. You know, you, we can talk about this on another time. But yeah. Hitler, well, apparently, there's a lot of theories that Hitler ended up going off into Antarctica and finding new land and all sorts of he, crazy stuff. He dabbled in a lot of stuff. So, real yeah. quick, we're just going to do a, a quick demonstration here. Uh, I'm going to let, if you, actually, I'll do it. Um, okay. I was thinking about it. I was like, oh no, he's down in that that kit. Um, so we're just going to take. A few countries here, a few continents. And this is not a complete model, okay? As Doc Brown once said, I apologize, this is not to scale or paint it. <laughs> and his model was still better. But if you think of. There we go. If you think of the ball opening up like so, it would look roughly like that. You've got North Pole here. South Pole is stretched around the rim. Yeah, so Antarctica, guys, essentially. The, it's There's a massive ice wall. It's hundreds of feet high. Um, and that essentially is It's a the specific current, measurement, actually. The, it's yeah. 150 feet high. Yeah, okay. Well, there you go. According to Admiral Byrd. I right? think, well, I think it's multiple different levels, though, too. I think that there's that one sector, okay? But then you also have multiple different areas that have different heights that would make um, sense from what i've read yeah. uh, and seen well if it's naturally occurring it's going to have yeah yeah exactly um but then it's like a flat plane for as far as the eye can see essentially in most areas um so that's really the flat earth layout the essentially. model the model that's now there's different the takes on that model and there's now, different takes for yeah. yours it doesn't involve the turtle as far no. as I understand. <laughs> I have um, heard that theory, though. I have. <laughs> it does not. Like, that's the pit, like where it's the pillar, I guess, or the turtles, the pillars. Uh, but in the Bible, it actually tells you that all the fixed pillars, the earth is on fixed pillars. Uh, and there's four corners, which is also kind of strange because, you know, mm -hmm. you can't have corners in a circle. Well, so that's but... one of the things, too, that's worth mentioning about the Ferguson map. Mm -hmm. Is he actually, based on scripture, and that was his whole idea when he wrote this book, he had it as a square 
with a disc in the middle. Now that I'm actually looking at that, that actually almost looks like uh, you're looking almost like a concave because there's also concave theory as well. Yeah, so the concave here, I like that because it actually gives you some gradients for the hills across yeah. distance, yeah. things like that. Yeah, there's definitely that. <laughs> um, it's well thought out at the very least, right? Sure. Guys have spent their entire lives establishing why they believe what they believe, which is more than you can say for a lot of people. Sure. They just go with it. Yeah. So you're not going with it. You're like, you know what? If somebody asks me what I believe, I'm going to be able to tell them why and yeah. how. Yep. So we've got this going on. Um, coming back to gravity. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get to Van Allen. Okay. Because I love Van Allen. Van sure. Allen Van Allen's actually the conversation topic that you and I got hung up on where I learned the most about astrophysics <laughs> that I have ever known. I'm going to be honest with you, like, man. Holy who comes cow. up with that stuff? All these volumes of data. Like it's just it's 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 silly, man. There's there's honestly I think there's a there's a few people that make this stuff up, but they don't really have anything tangible behind it. They're just literally creating it. I'll of, argue just you don't have anybody, a handful of people that can come up with that much creative material. I think there are Not some that much. Si- no, the, 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 I think there's a the lot nearest of genius example, people out there. The nearest example I will say that that we have in pop culture is Marshall Mathers. <laughs> Because the dude is on everybody's <laughs> record, and he doesn't repeat anything. Yeah. It's insane. Like, I, I created a Pandora station. This is Eminem for people who don't know the rapper. Um, I created a Pandora, Pandora station. I just put his name in. That's all I did. Mm-hmm. And for 20 songs in a row, whether it was on his album or not, he was in the song. Yeah. It blew my Pretty mind. Pretty crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So we're talking about that level of talent. Yeah times whatever it takes to create the volumes and volumes and volumes of yeah i just i'm telling you man i i think it's i think the volumes and volumes and volumes of data maybe not all of it's all crap i'm not saying that all of it's crap but i do mm-hmm. think it's extremely intelligent men that are sitting not all i mean the way i'm saying it makes me probably look kind of silly because i'm talking about a guy that's just these guys are sitting in rooms making books you know that's obviously not what it is they do their own theories they probably make their own experiments and they come up with their own facts and i and i appreciate that what i'm trying to say is is that i think a lot of this is more black and white than there there's not as much gray area and mm. a lot of it as people are making it out to be there's not as much technicality as people are making out to be. there's mm. no real need to make a mile long equation for what we're really talking about. In mm. fact, you can go outside and kind of do a couple of your own experiments and see and disprove a couple of things right off the bat that really will open your eyes to, okay, well, I may not know everything because I don't, I don't say that I'm knowing everything by, by no means. I am still accept, I, I can, you know, if you have an idea that I can see and it's uh, valid to me and I can and it's very obvious, then I would probably go that route. You know, well, I'm still not... need to do it because I want to do a two-mile shot. Yes. Because you and I are yes, into rifle. we need to do that. We're yes. into marksmanship. Yes. And if we were to shoot at two miles. Well, also, you, you know, and P900 we don't camera, use, too. If, if we don't use Coriolis in our yes. factoring, we're going to miss, is my opinion. Well, two miles is like, no one's going to make a two-mile shot, man. I mean, oh, maybe even like at a mile, a, you have to. Even, at, even at a mile. At 400 meters, you're having to adjust a little bit. You don't have to. There's no there's no such thing as the Coriolis effect. Right. <laughs> I'm just being straight up. I know, you, and that's how I'm saying. Like, one day, you and I are going to do a long-distance shot. I, I'm, I don't know about you we'll just, how good you are. Me, personally, I'm, I'm decent, not gonna freehand but I can it. shoot like 500 yards. I'm not going to freehand it. What we're going to do is we're going to bolt down a rifle. Yeah. And we're going to... It's do all the math. Still very difficult. And bolt it down. 
and we're going to shoot and then we're going to set up a target and we're going to shoot the same spot without touching anything and then we're going to do the same measurements yeah and see if it's in the same spot yeah it's, it's without I'm just saying it's, it's still very very difficult so that's where you and I like hell. What about the helicopter? What about a plane? Like you know, like if you were to lift a helicopter up like a hundred oh. feet off the ground, why did the Earth not move out from underneath of it? Right, it's a good question. Planes. Why, if a plane takes off and the we're actually supposed to be spinning, the, our uh, atmosphere is supposed to be spinning with it. Why does it take? You know, if it's going against the atmosphere, then why in the world would it? You know, not either go faster or slower. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like everything is like. Perfect. Oh, here's another thing that really got me. So you know what a gyro, gyrosphere is, right? Or a gyro, gyroscope. Gyroscope. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I've got a couple of those. There you go. Yeah. Um, so, and it's been actually, guys. I gotta say this. It's been a long time since I've talked about a lot of this. So mm-hmm. sorry if I'm kind of spitting, sputtering a little bit. Uh, it's You're it's great, been man. months and months. Uh, so I'm, Chase is really just making me remember half the stuff that I already knew. <laughs> so anyways, a gyrograph or, oh my God, gyroscope mm-hmm. uh, is on most airplanes, all airplanes, big commercial airplanes. For stabilization. Ve- for stabilization. Mm-hmm. Very simple way it works. Uh, it's essentially like this ball type thing and it shows north, south, east, west, essentially kind of which way you're tilting. Is that okay. right? Not is that exactly. Right? I think you're, you might be looking at um, one of the gauges. Well, what, what is the, so the gyrograph, or, oh my God, gyroscope is that ball that's encapsulated right and it just kind of moves east south i think that'll work yeah yeah i don't know what the technical term for that particular instrument is the gyroscope usually is in spinning motion right okay so so what it does is it's actually you would never see it what it's used for though is if you're going up it'll it'll move the thing you're talking about yeah you can get one of those for your dashboard for your car yeah okay but that's a that's a gyroscope isn't it no that's what, I, that's what I mean. It's got I, a different name, I think. Because I like, I I'm, I'm in this I'm class with this it. pilot, and he's always talking about that's the gyroscope. That might be a gyroscope, <laughs> but it's not what I was thinking of in a plane. So he's what always, I'm thinking of in a plane is the stabilizing elements. So when you spin something yeah. up and you get some inertia going, sure, it's just like how your bicycle stays up. Sure, the wheel, it's spinning, is creating an inertia. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Force. So, well, the gyroscope. So when you're flying in a plane, mm-hmm. outside of when you're moving up, going up, and going down. It always stays a hundred percent flat. And I've seen hours of video feed on I've this. I've flown and it doesn't do that. I've seen it, and I've like, al- and I've you, also have pilots back, telling you watch me. It. Yes, yes. Now when you when you okay. go up and you go down, absolutely, you're right. It does move. Obviously, what I'm saying is, you know, when you get to a certain altitude, like a big commercial jet that's going on a ten hour flight to like yeah, China or something, thirty thousand right? feet. Yeah, thirty thousand feet. So when you're going, it it obviously isn't moving. So my thing is though. Is if they're so the world is supposed to be twenty five thousand square feet in circumference. That's what the current model is. That's what they tell us. Okay. So with that being said, there should be at least I think it's eight inches per mile squared of curvature. No, that's not the right formula. That's what's that's the one that's cited often. That's that's the one that's cited often, but But, it's not actually the the one. Let's 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 just go ahead. No, it was something I discovered last night. I was like, oh. Oh, now I know why. So that's what that's what they've been using for years for feeling for finding the drop. Yeah. Is actually the the just the equations this long? Which, okay. To your point, you don't like them when they get that long because, regardless, it looks like BS when you start adding more words. Sometimes, it's sure, like, but it is still a big globe, right? Yes. Okay, so you're flying straight. Every so often, you're gonna have to take a little bit of a dip. No. You don't have to take a dip. No, because that would assume that you're flying straight line and dipping, flying straight line and dipping. Well, yeah, because then you if would you, end if up you with keep ridges. going straight, but so if you have you're a, doing a, gr- a gradients. Right, you're going down. A constant. Well, that's you, what I'm saying. There's no down in space. You're going, no, you're going equal 
to the circumference. But and what I'm saying is that and it does down, have to fall a little no, bit. No, because it's if it's straight because, though. So here's the ball and here's the plane. So if it's just you but see what it's I'm not saying? down. It's it's what is it? It's equal distance in relative nature to the center see, of the mass. See, and now you're getting with the craziness, man. Well, oh, look, right. it's, it's a little ball. <laughs> yeah. And you got a plane. Okay. Oh, come on. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll go with it, you. I'll go with you. Sure. <laughs> but see, here's the thing, guys. Chase is extremely intelligent and probably a good bit smarter than me when it comes to a lot of, you know, uh, math and science stuff like that. But what I'm saying is a lot of this stuff is just a lot simpler mm-hmm. when you just talk about it and show it in, in Layton's, Layton's terms. I mean, yeah. it really is. Um, and that's what I'm trying to say is just a lot of that stuff to me doesn't make a lot of sense. And I don't think it makes a, sen- a lot of sense to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what I'm saying. Well, no, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I can tell you why I think I can articulate it. Yeah. Because I've looked at it. Right. You talk to somebody who's never looked at it, never had to find the words for it as to why they believe what they believe. But we have pilots and stuff and you're too that are stump talking them. about this stuff. Sure, yes, Like absolutely. pilot, commercial pilots, I'm talking like... Very small minority of air, them, but yes. That's true. Yeah. And you no, think it's because they're, they're afraid to... Yeah, not okay. all of them, not all of them, but a lot of them. Yeah. And look, man, I'm not saying that what I believe is 100% facts. That is that is what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm just simply saying there's definitely a lot more to the whole... Heli- the geocentric uh, model versus the heliocentric model. The geocentric model does have some standing, and I think there's a lot of lot of questions that need to be asked. Like, and they should just be simple questions. So and we've been talking about them, and well, we'll keep going with what you were gonna yeah, want to well, go the, with. But to to just to clarify too, the heliocentric model versus the geocentric model is in the heliocentric model, the sun is the center of the solar system, Correct. and the Earth revolves around it. Yes, along with all the planets. And the global centric model. Or the planets in our solar system, I should say. Is the Earth is in the middle, and everything else is rotating around it. Yep, that's right. The yeah. sun and the moon. And mm-hmm. the sun and the moon model. supposedly are only a couple thousand feet uh, above us, like two to 3,000 feet, if I'm not mistaken. And I can't remember. You can actually use... It's 3,000 miles. Is it 3,000 miles? 3,000 okay. miles, that's yeah. What they're, that's what they're saying? It's, okay. Yeah. So 3,000 miles, and that was on... That's a... With the disk, with the dome Right, theory. with the dome, yeah. And but it's encapsulated. Exist within the yeah. dome, yes. Correct. So... 3,000 miles above our the first, the surface of our uh, our planet here, or, or our uh, disk here, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have the sun and the moon, and they're constantly rotating. Well, the sun actually goes a little bit faster than the moon, I believe. Uh, and then the moon itself, or wait a second, I'm sorry, I think the sun stays the same speed while the moon uh, differs a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the tortoise and the hare, that whole book, uh, you know, the tortoise and the hare tail. That's um, supposed to be the sun and the supposed moon. Supposed to be the sun and the moon, which cool. is, I found that fascinating when yeah. I found that out. Um, but, uh, you know, around the autumnal uh, equinox and the winter solstice, all that stuff. So the sun will, uh, it goes faster around the further points. And then as it comes to the center, it gets slower and slower. But the moon, the moon stays the same. That's what it is. And so the moon follows it, which is why the moon a lot of times can be seen at the same air, same time as the sun, mm-hmm. different points of our, uh, and different points of time throughout the year. Uh, and I just find that really, really fascinating. But I also think it's interesting that, you know, if you can see the sun and the moon very close together at the same time, to me mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of other people, I also think that it's interesting because how are they on opposite sides of each other right. in space? There's sure. just so many different questions It's a to great ask. question. Yeah. And I think this is where you and I differ slightly in our philosophy. I agree with you. Things get overcomplicated. Yes. But I also think both God and the devil are in the details. 
if you really yeah. want to find out which it is. In a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. To, you're going to have to get that that formula that's a mile long to be able to sort it out. Sometimes. Yeah, some, sometimes I think you might is, be right. More often than but, not is my perspective. Sure. I think less often For me, is yes. yours. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, overall, I think we're still approaching it from the same rough ideas. Like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Question it or don't bother. You know? <laughs> exactly. Right? exactly. So we were talking about gravity. One of the other things that's that I find interesting briefly is seasons. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. The equinox. So the, the sun summer, and summer the moon are both actually, while they're spinning around the disk, yep. they're moving up and down relative to the surface of the disk. What they get closer and further away. So actually, I think they, if I'm not mistaken, they stay the same height, uh, but they're the moon um, is technically, I guess, the tortoise, and the sun is the rabbit. Okay, okay. the hare, and that's why the sun, as it gets towards closer to the center, it gets slower and slower, and it gives time for the moon to catch up. Which is why the uh, so tortoise actually ends up winning eventually, and then they both do as they go back outwards and do the exact same thing yeah. all over again, over and over and over, uh, kind of like the uh, the maypole, like a magnetic maypole, if you will. Yeah. Um. So I find that pretty fascinating as well. But um, I don't, I haven't heard that they go up and down though. Um. Well, so there's that's another thing we're is that part of the heliocentric there, model you're saying no this is the, geocentric, is that part of the model. geocentric model um, okay yeah so you've been doing geos- a lot of research lately well, too it I, sounds like <laughs> i brushed up a little bit good, i knew man. you were it's gonna good. be i've been wanting to do this for a long time it's, i know and i've been and, wanting to get around to doing it with you yeah and uh so we were talking about the up and down yep and seasons and then um oh, there was something else i wanted to mention before that before we moved on from there um that was actually the main theme. Well, there's a lot of... Uh, happens to me, though. Well, how about this? Why don't we talk about this real quick before we go any oh, further? Oh, wait, no. Perspective. Yeah, so, that's, real, I was, that's what quick, I was going to say. You were going to talk about sun and moon. Mm-hmm. And perspective look, is a big... They biggie. look roughly the same size Sure. when you're perceiving them from the Earth. Yeah. An example of... How do they get 90 million miles away? That's You know, that, that distance has changed question. about 50 times, too, throughout yeah. 500 well, so years. Well, so I have problems with the way things change yeah. in the scientific community. And then but they call also, proof. Well... The argument is that it's what we understand now based on what we can see now, and we're going to continue pursuing to find more things that right. we're not seeing yet. And that is scientific. Which, that is proper science. Correct. So when people tell me they believe in science over religion, it's like, okay, so you believe in something that's an observation Changes all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fair. That's, so, that's another thing. Like you said, straw man argument earlier. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I believe this to be 100% fact, but in reality, you're just going off of what some other person said and wrote hundreds of years ago or even 10 days ago but in reality you really have no clue you're just going off what yeah. they say yeah you're just a different voice of the same ideological exactly, perspective man. and it's terrible so talking about perspective yes i love you've seen topic. the lord of the rings yes of course right except for didn't the know i was gonna go the there <laughs> you didn't know i was gonna go there oh boy here we go <laughs> here we go all right you ready Let's um, do it. there is a scene with ian mckellen and i forget the actor's name but he was playing bilbo where they're having bilbo a, baggins yeah but I forget the actor's name. Yeah. Uh, brilliant guy. I've seen him in a few things. He's wonderful. Um, the table that they're sitting at, in order for them to maintain scale, you can see it in the featurettes. Ian McKellen is sitting there. He's not in a suit. He's not in a, like a giant suit or anything like that. They had to figure out how to make Bilbo still look small. Oh, yes. So what they used is an old trick. Mm-hmm. And they took it to the nth degree. The, the table is actually multiple parts. Mm-hmm. So as the camera was moving, the table was shifting with them. Sure. So that even though the angle was changing. Yep. So in our case, it would be us leaving Earth yep. and viewing the sun and the moon 
from a different perspective. Yeah. It stayed the same. Otherwise, it would have moved. Yeah. Right. And so, I can I can see that perspective so, too. And it, I can. And then no force pun intended, pers- but <laughs> I mean, basic force perspective. I can make you as tall as I am. Yes. By in, in a you room. standing closer and having a fixed taking, perspective and taking the picture in a certain yeah. way. That's correct. Now, see, now we're talking about perspective. That's one of those things where the devil's in the details. Mm-hmm. You're right. Perspective has a very vast. Th- uh, way of going about how you can get one thing to another uh, mm-hmm. for sure without without question especially for scale that's an easy one that we can wise. trick correct yeah um so i'm with you 100 on that um now the reason why i believe the whole sun and the moon is encapsulated within 3,000 miles is you can actually use and of course i can't remember the mathematical tool um it's something that you what do you what do you call it it's some you can use it at like basically at the ocean is the best place to use it because you need something that's completely flat uh, and you measure it towards in the height and the level of where the ocean is, and you can actually find how tall an object is. Uh, you measure the height from where that object is all the way down to a completely flat surface, mm-hmm. and you can actually uh, find uh, not only the circumference of the object, but also how high up it is. And that's actually how they came up with the whole 3,000 feet or 3,000 yeah. miles is because they – Roughly had that. Yeah, three thousand um, miles for the planet, or for I say planets for the, the sun, sun and the moon. moon. Yeah, yeah. And then it's thirty-one celestial to 30, bodies. <laughs> yeah, thirty-one to thirty-two hundred feet for the dome itself, where you hit yeah. the roof. That's that's what they the say. Idea. That's, yeah. that's what they say. Which um, it was amazing to me. It's only a couple hundred feet difference. Yeah. Or it, is, yeah. It's, I said it's right I under. said feet. It's thirty-one hundred miles. Yeah, I know what you 30, mean. So, yeah, yeah but devils in the details for me. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. You're yeah, a uh, spot on kind of yeah. guy, which I, I can appreciate. When you get that. down to this granular level, I think it's required. Yeah, and you're probably you're probably right, man. You know, it's just when I see something uh, for myself, man. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, the thing that really I'm going to be honest, man. The thing that really got me with flat Earth is um, perspective. For mm-hmm. one, I don't even know why that never registered to me. Probably because I didn't I didn't think about perspective until I was in the seventh grade or eighth mm-hmm. grade. You know, when we learned a little bit about it. But, um, you know, the trigonometry and things like that, there's a lot of that that's involved, obviously. But what I was going to say was I walked out and I watched this video outside. I was actually at the beach at the time. It was like two years ago. It was uh, September, I think it was, with the family. And I just started looking into the whole flat earth thing. I definitely mm-hmm. was very insecure about the idea. And um, I remember watching this video of again, kind of perspective, how things go out of your view and mm-hmm. then come back in your view. Yeah. Well, here's the problem that I have. So not only Bill Nye, like you said, he's a paid actor too. Yeah. All these people years ago will tell you, and even till this day, that in fact, um, what was it, uh, Aristotle, his book on the heavens, one of his three main points is that a boat going, proof that it goes over the curve is that the hole before mast goes right over the curve. And yeah. then that is proof that you know there's a curve there but in reality it's way the, it's way bigger scale than that so so you use no the term how, there no matter how be- far yeah you use the term there hold before mass yeah and i just don't hold before mass yeah the front will go so over. the bottom yeah disappears at the yes. hull level yes so it just starts and slightly the last thing going... you see is like the flag at the top of the mass correct exactly just so people, so people can understand along. yes i appreciate yeah. that um so all you literally have to do is when it goes out of view, as long as it's a fairly clear day, get you some binoculars or a decent scope, it did not go over the curve. You just pull them back up, and that whole entire object comes up whole and all. Mm-hmm. So you see everything. And this can go on for miles and miles, depending on how good of a camera or a um, scope that you have. And in my opinion, I think the best thing to use 
is the Nikon P900. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they actually have a P1000 now. And what's scary, that's the scary thing. You want to mm-hmm. talk about getting into some stuff that's like, oh my gosh, is this real? Is it? Is it not real? Because now I have some even more questions than I started right. with. And I just took some binoculars, man, and I ended up watching a boat go over the supposed curve and then I brought it right back. So immediately I knew that was a lie that yeah. they had been telling me. So you're talking about that's relative what, perspective. Relative perspective. Naked so eye. that that's what immediate immediately got me hooked in. Uh so now I was just digging, digging, digging. So if you get you a P nine hundred camera, mm-hmm. you can do way, way more with it. Mm-hmm. So you can actually take it. And now we're gonna start kinda I know you want to talk about the Van Allen radiation belt. We'll so there. we'll go into the space we'll go into space now. Yeah. So you can take a P nine hundred camera mm-hmm. and look at what we're told as stars, which yeah. are burning massive burning balls of gas. You can look at these stars or even planets and any one of them that you can actually pull in, you will zoom in on it and it zooms in like a thousand, like not a thousand miles, like at least a hundred to 200 miles. It's It's incredible. It's literally, it looks like a, just a bright object underwater. Mm. And you know, they say in the Bible, God created the heavens and the earth. He divided the waters from the waters. So what we believe also is that there's no space. It's water above us and there's water below us. Mm-hmm. So if you look at one of these stars through a P900 or a P1000, if you can afford a P1000, uh, you will see these little granule lights, very bright, and they look like they're underwater. Have you ever taken like a um, like an object held on underwater and you just kind of move the water like that? Mm-hmm. And you just, it looks kind of wavy. Yeah. That is identical to how that object uh-huh. looks. There is So NASA has done nothing but create a bunch of CGI uh, images of Venus, Pluto, um, you know, that's, that's what they think it looks like. They have, they, Mm. they don't have anything that's taken any real pictures, like those massive, beautiful science books that you see that, uh, astrology books that you see, like these planets are beautiful and the rings of Saturn and all this other stuff, all that CGI, none of that has ever been actually photo taken, not ever. Um, now you can see Saturn if you have a P900 or P1000 and it does appear that there is like this weird little thing around it. But it looks nothing like you mm. would see in math books and science books. In fact, uh, if you were to go to like the Vatican, uh, you know, ironic enough, again, just kind of weird, their massive telescope, which is like really only about twice as powerful as like a P900 or P1000, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and that thing is called Satan, by the way, if I'm not, or no, Lucifer. They're massive, the, yeah, bringer which is of light. very strange. Yeah. yeah, bringer of light, strangely mm-hmm. enough. So you use that as well, and it's the exact same photos. They will give you the exact same photos, which is just just bigger, mm-hmm. big balls of light that look like there's water underneath of it. And I always found I that that's out. scary. Yeah. Uh, and oh my god, that yeah, take that, take a look at that. It's yeah. just scary, uh, and it makes you feel. I wanted I'm not necessarily small, but it immediately made me feel way closer to God, mm. and like we are here for a reason. Like God, we were actually created from God. Evolution is not real. You know, we are not just some speck of dust in a infinite galaxy, billions and trillions of miles and light years big. Uh, we are all here for a purpose or we're all here for a, uh, terrarium, uh, for some uh, aliens? No, no, that like a terrarium. God was bored and he decided to build a terrarium. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> nice. I like it. But, uh, it's better but than no, a it's, simulation. I mean, a terrarium is a simulation. It's humbling, but, yeah. man. It's very humbling yeah. when you so, take a look at those stars. So, like what that. you're seeing in the stars, are you seeing celestial beings no. that are moving uh, around no, no, in no, the watery moving. mass? Or they're not what's moving. The, it's just, okay. just the light. So, what do you think it is? So, I don't know. I've heard different theories i've heard that uh the book of enoch or the dead sea scrolls have you ever heard of that i know it so yeah. inside of that uh apparently there are a few um there are a few uh i guess um 
few pages in the book there where it explains that they are demons or fallen angels trapped. That's where mm. God trapped them. Between the dimensions. Um, between Well, between heaven and earth. Because you and know you realms, have... Yeah. yeah, realms, yeah. Mm-hmm. So earth, and then you have the... Um, I guess the firmament is what you would call it, uh, which is the dome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have all the water, and then you have the heavens above. Mm-hmm. And then from what I've been told, from what I've seen, is you have the big disc, right? And then below, you ha- you go seven or eight miles down, 10 miles down, 20 miles down. Maybe you got hell there. Who knows? We don't know. Right. Uh, and then below that, even, you have more water. So everything isn't... <laughs> And then maybe the turtle. Yeah. Who knows? I have I really have heard that, which I found sure. fascinating. I think Elon Musk's brother mentioned that, and uh, because Could there was be. a there I don't was know him. yeah. Well, there. So the reason why I even mentioned that is there was a reporter that saw Elon Musk's brother and ran up to him and asked him about flat Earth or something like that because the guy had talked about it before, mm-hmm. and he said, "Oh no, we're just on some big turtle's back." <laughs> oh no, I saw that. I saw that. He, he doesn't that. genuinely believe it. He no, was just I don't think so either. Yeah, he's, yeah that's um, what I figured. I yeah, just find it funny that he like said Buzz that. It's like Buzz Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin, uh, one of the true, one of the truthers. The originals. I've seen he gets no. I've seen him get beat up by truthers. Oh yeah, badly. For, he's um, also older. I don't think that's fair. It, it's really not fair. It's not fair, it's, dude. You're he's, picking he's on the guy. Seven, he's in his seventies or eighties. He's just gonna be like, who cares? Yeah, I'm, dude. I'm gonna tell you what you want for one thing, or I'm just gonna give you something to run with, just so I can laugh at you in my own time. Well, like, dude, he's I would, also he's like, older. You do? He you walked on the moon. As far as he's concerned. As far as society overall is concerned, the dude stepped onto the moon surface. I wouldn't bug at, them all that much about the that same, either. But or right behind Neil Armstrong. See, I don't. I don't believe any of the moon, the moonwalking stuff either, man. Um, yeah. And that's you know that's a whole another. Well, it's not really a whole another topic. It's kind of integrated into what we're talking about. Um, but uh, have you ever seen a funny thing happen on the way to the moon? That documentary. It was actually forged no, in the 80s. I have not seen this. Or no, maybe it was the 90s. Look it up. Uh, that's another really interesting one. There's actually footage of the astronauts from Apollo 9, 10, or 11. One of the two. Uh, not that's the a one lot that of footage up. I have to look at to figure out if it's 9, 10, or 11. Well, no, no. <laughs> I just can't remember it. It tells you in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually shows the astronaut trying to make the perfect shot of Earth from low Earth orbit mm-hmm. to make it look like it's round. It's, oh, it's it's yeah, actual okay. it's leaked footage it's leaked yeah. footage so um, I've, no i've seen this um the argument i have for that is not that he was trying to make it look round he was well, they trying say it to in the video though right but what he was trying to do and i i, I know this because i mean i've got cameras here yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I know what it's I like know, i know when you're recording something these things don't see what i see right there's a there's a perspective there's right. a so what i'm trying to do in that moment is not to make it look round like to as to fabricate anything i'm trying to make it look like i see it right now and the lens and the technology is just it's dulling too it. old yeah well it's dulling it, it. Old like too. and even brand new stuff like i i have to i just released a video i retouch all the colors in yeah. in the shots here not because i want it to look brighter or richer I want it to look how I see it when we're recording. And see, I can appreciate that. Right. And, that and that's fair, actually. So the the thing I would say next, though, is that same video, if you've seen it all the way through, it's a few hours long. Uh, the timestamps are completely different where they need to be. So mm. the moon, I think, would, how many days did it take them, supposedly? Like nine or something like that to get to the moon? It takes about four days to get to the is moon. Is it four? Yeah, so nine a, days total, it's a nine, it was. Yeah, you're usually spending about a day So the timestamp at, uh, at the satellite, gotcha. which is the moon. Yeah. So the timestamp when they were in low earth or low earth orbit was like where they should have been at like like 10 or 11 hours mm. they were like at 
30 hours or 40 hours. So they were not, but they said that they were like right at the moon. Um, but the timestamp was completely different. It didn't make any sense. It makes sense if um, you've got 30 hours of footage. Well, what I'm saying is though, their timestamp did not line up with where mm -hmm. they are at the moon. You gotcha. have to watch the video. I mean, you know, yeah, I'm not, no, I'll I'm, check it out. I can't, Definitely. I can't, that's a new one for me. I yeah. want to see that one. Dude, there's so much stuff though, man. There's so much stuff to unpack here. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can't remember everything. Well, and there's no way we're going to get them all. Yeah. Right. But I can't remember everything. I think we're hitting either, on some, uh, some big ones. People go look at it. All I say is just go look at it for yourselves. It's so interesting. You should do that for anything that you just take at face value. Yeah, exactly. I really, that's where you and I greatly agree. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, let's, let's jump. So Van Allen's cool. But it's really technical. I well, don't know how well it's going to translate over because yeah. it's actually two. We can try to keep it it's simple. two rings with a floating ring. Yeah. Which is trippy. Right. Um, and the, the floating ring comes and goes as needed based on the stimulus from. It's from what they tell it's us. It's like, yeah. And I it, think, honestly. I learned so much about it. It was I, so cool. I think like all the, honestly, all that stuff is just them overstimulating us to try to see. Luckily, we got people be. like you that can honestly retain most of that stuff. Mm. See, me, it would take me weeks to read all that and then finally retain it. See, oh, no, got, I've forgotten a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so I like to keep it simple. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. uh, again, we go kind of from timestamps. Yeah. So, Van Allen Radiation Belt. Well, Unfortunately, that did not supposedly exist back when we went to the moon. No, it did. And if it did, they the, went clean through it. Yes. In fact, there's astronauts that say, oh, well, I don't remember a Van Allen radiation belt. But in fact, there was, and it should have killed them. There were I two. Mean, and in fact, they had to engineer through it. That's kind of why. So this That is, doesn't make any this sense is again, one of though, from the 60s, the technology they had then versus now. Why can we not go back okay. now? Yeah. It doesn't so, make sense, man. It really doesn't. This is where my. Plus, all those tapes got erased and deleted. Not exactly. Where are they? <laughs> no, they've been they've been archived on other media, right? And they probably I are out there. Files. But I delete files, right? It's they probably like, are out you're there. You're gonna tell but me I didn't have share. a podcast because I transferred it over to one or to a new media. But you don't think it's sketchy though? The our, our biggest accomplishment in mankind they they can't release. I think they were gonna do something bigger. They're like. This is a stepping stone. We're going to the moon. Yeah, then we're gonna, I mean, I guess. We're gonna yeah, look, but, but also, like, there's a lot of moving parts that were manual. That's one of the reasons I forgot this. This is actually, yeah, it's you know, you, my, my grandfather worked as a contractor said something for NASA about that. Yeah, I remember you during the about that. Apollo days. He's actually got a coin. I was like, that's, that's how I cool. found out about it. I was like, what? They were using things like this. If you look here, these are calculators. Yep. He was an electrician okay. by trade, electrical engineer. So instead of using a computer... It's a guy who knows the steps yeah. on what he's supposed to do on these neat sliding sure. <laughs> pieces of cardboard and paper. Sure. And that thank is you, really Papa, cool. for those because I, I love these. <laughs> um, and uh, so to think that it would be impossible for people to go somewhere like the moon using stuff like that, it's not an insane idea. I just think it's a You should look disc. at it. You should look at it and go, holy cow, understand the gravity of the amount of effort and the amount of genius that had to go into doing something like that. Sure. Now, to your, not to put words in your mouth, but right. that's where you go, or they just didn't go. Kind of. There's there's a lot of different might things be, though that don't make sense. Yeah. Is so, what I'm saying. I think that a yeah. lot, I don't think, I, I'm not saying that. NASA doesn't exist. I'm not saying all these people with all these different jobs don't exist. I think that maybe a few of the very, very high up people that ran NASA probably knew about it. Uh, I think that this was 
all these people were given very technical jobs, very explicit jobs. Okay. But I, in, in reality, I really don't think that they, and I actually, they may have gone into low earth orbit. Okay. They probably stayed in lower, low earth orbit and people needed to do this kind of thing to keep them there safely. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not disputing that. Whatsoever. Well, not if gravity doesn't work. Wait, hold if, on. If now? gravity doesn't exist, then the way they went well, they, there they doesn't make sense. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Though, yeah. man. like, so they could have just been in the air though. Like, you yeah. know how you'll do like, what are those airplanes? They'll go up there and then they'll just fly back down and everybody's kind of falling in it, but it looks like you're floating. Oh yeah. That the, makes sense. You're talking about the vomit comet, the vomit comet, the vomit so, comet. I don't know what the technical <laughs> name is. It's a big cargo plane so for people just, who don't know. That's how they shot most of Apollo 13. Okay. All of the zero G scenes right. of Apollo 13. It's right. actually down in a tube. That's why you've got a very controlled perspective right. on what's going on. And they could shoot for about 10 to 15 minutes at a time. I think. Yeah. Because that's how the plane is falling at the same rate as the pull of gravity. Right. And when you hit that, everything inside becomes... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and you're like just floating float. and stuff. It's, it's amazing. It's interesting. It's super cool stuff. Yeah, and you can video for a couple minutes. Yeah. It's a, and then redo it's it awesome. all over again. <laughs> yeah. And then you put, splice it all together and now you've got, you got a... got a nice little movie or video yeah. or something. So here's the thing. <laughs> and this is where you and I hit a wall, I think, in our discussions. Where you can prove to your satisfaction that we didn't go to the moon. I can prove that, that we, we couldn't know that we couldn't fake it on film at the time without getting busted. I think we did get busted though. We didn't. It's 140, 146 minutes I think it of got busted big uncut time. footage that people watched live. Live. Yeah. And I'm be honest with you, man, I, I, I think there was a CIA operation as a backup. I think the Kubrick thing, I, th- I think that holds a Yeah, you know, Stanley Kubrick of... is the one that was integrated with whole NASA and Walt Disney and all them. I like do, yeah. yeah. And it's so, worth looking at. There's yeah. a great Ron Perlman film about this. It's, yeah, it's, Ron I love Ron Perlman. <laughs> oh, he's great in it, too. He's the CIA agent that is hired to go hire Kubrick, and yeah. he accidentally hires the wrong guy. It's... <laughs> So funny. That's awesome. It's so funny. Yeah, I definitely see that one. It was great. Um, I just, I feel like so, what I've you, found out talking, in person, though, like just visuals and right. so many things, so many lies that yeah. I've busted myself, I feel like they weigh more than the stuff that I'm shown that I don't yeah. even understand. But if I and give I you, can, if, if you I tell can, you how much film would be required, the the film can't, the, the magazine necessary for 146 minutes, I no, think it is, uh, of... Yeah of uncut footage that they broadcast live. You had to you had to record it because you have to simulate the slow moving of space and the mm-hmm. gravity and all that stuff, the lower right. gravity to maintain your hoax, right? right? It's bigger than a Volkswagen. But they should still have it, that's what I'm the saying. The film cartridge, the magazine, just to hold all that right. film. Not to mention how much film that is. And when you're doing it reel to reel, it breaks oh, all the time. I forgot to tell you. It breaks for- all the time. I forgot to mention this. Yeah. So I don't even know what the heck I'm thinking about the whole atmosphere thing. So I've actually heard that, like you said a second ago, that really everything, the moon landing was a, a complete hoax. It was actually done in a studio, so on yeah, and so I've forth. Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, I looked into it and hard. And I've also heard the low orbit thing where, you know, people are videotaping from low Earth orbit. But then you got, like you just said, it kind of contradicts the whole space thing. So how are they even up there with a the vacuum? So, I mean, that that is a lot of good points there, man, on, on both sides mm-hmm. in reality. Yeah, a lot of good um, questions. It, it really is. And so here, here's what I think we should do. I don't think the Coriolis effect is a fair way to gauge it. I really don't. Um, I Because there's just, again, so many different odds and ends that take place that I don't think we'd ever really be spot on. And mm-hmm. plus on top of that, I can tell you right now, and you probably already know this, you were a military guy, right? A little bit. So yeah, yeah. and you, you're a marksman. So 
500 yards, even at a dead still, can be somewhat difficult depending on the wind and things like that. That's no really joke. the That's only why I'm going to take us out of it. We're going to put it on an arm situation. Well, and we can do that too, man. But mm-hmm. at the same time, we're still going to – I think our, our biggest enemy there is going to be wind um, and probably – but guys do the it. air. <laughs> yeah. You know. Agreed. Um, it, ideally, it would be in vacuum. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Right? Um, but, you know. Because you can argue buoyancy. Buoyancy would come into effect yeah, well, it's at a certain start distance. Fall, it's going to start falling. Yeah. It, and that's what I'm saying, man, too. And there's been a lot of contraptions made over the years where people have tried to uh, prove gravity. But in reality, in my opinion, you know, you, you can't see it, which there's a lot of things that exist that you can't see, like oxygen sure. and things like that. COVID-19. Uh, but you, <laughs> COVID-19. Yeah. You, you can't you like that. I love it. <laughs> you can't, you can't taste it, feel it, touch it, smell it, whatever, whatever. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, and that's not necessarily the biggest thing, but what I was trying to get at before we kind of spout it off yeah, there a little sorry. bit. No, it's okay. Wait, it's good for the, good I do for that. The show. It's terrible. That, me too. All the time. <laughs> I, I go from one thing to another and then I'm really good at talking about one thing. And then all of a sudden I can't remember any of it. But, uh, so what we need to be able to do, which we can't because it's illegal, I would love to be like y'all Antoy, which do you, have you researched Mm-mm. him at all? No. So he's one of the only very few famous explorers that have actually tried to explore Antarctica himself. Mm-hmm. But then unfortunately this was after the Antarctic treaty of the sixties, you know, where now there's like over three dozen, four dozen uh, countries now that are involved in the treaty. Mm-hmm. No one can build there. No one can really explore there except for probably certain governments and whatnot. But we need to go there, figure out a way to go there and, Go, go all the way down. Go all the way back past Antarctica. Because Richard uh, E. Bird said that um, there was Admiral uh, Admiral Richard, Richard E. Bird, e. Bird. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And his last uh, last operation, Operation High Jump, I believe it was, um, or no, Operation Deep Freeze, I believe it was. Deep Freeze. Yep. Uh, in mm-hmm. the That's late fifties. Yes, sir. Um, so that one they went up on, and they actually had airplanes and stuff. And he actually noted in his diary uh, that there was another landmass. <sighs> couple hundred miles past Antarctica's uh, border. It was larger than the size of uh, uh, North America. So, you know, it had mountains. It was green. Uh, very interesting things. And he said, so that would actually be in the end. If we were looking at them on the ball, it'd be on the Indian Ocean. Mm-hmm. So that piece of land would have been found by now. So that's another mm-hmm. very interesting just thing, you know, in general. But that's really the only way that we could debunk Antarctica essentially as if go they climb dropped, the ice wall to climb the ice wall yeah. or fly over it and just legitimately because they have people all the time that are showing videos oh look we flew in, flew over Antarctica or they're on some special little uh paid vacation there where they can walk around but they are I promise you they are I first of all it's so large and vast they are in a special area that is dedicated for tourism or uh certain little here's and there's that you can go and You think do. it's staged. You think it's Jurassic I, Park. We're, basically, we're yeah, just kind seeing, of. I want to check it out myself. T-Rex and the environment yes. just and, and, and why do they turn people away at gunpoint for just, I mean, if, if it's at their own peril, let them go. I know it's a crazy environment, but well, why not, you know? So that's the philosophy, though, where you and I come back to agreeing. Government should not mandate my own safety. Right, yeah. Masks. Exactly. Masks for COVID-19 is a big deal right now. Yeah. In some areas, it's it's illegal right. to be in public mm-hmm. without a mask. Right. Look at this beard, folks. <laughs> like, look at the beard. If I put a mask on this, it does nothing. <laughs> like, there's no seal. 
So how far are we going to go? Are we going right. to say, now I have to shave my beard right. in order to get a good seal so that the mask is effective? Correct. Where does that line show up? Where does and it then, stop? Yeah. And then why? Give me the logic as to why right. the line is there. Because right. it's like, well, you know, making you shave is just ridiculous. It's a Make, form of control. Controlling me for my own safety. I don't. Silly. I do not believe seatbelts should be compulsory. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. You want to do that? You want to risk it? Right. Should you wear a seatbelt? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. But it's not going to hurt somebody else from you not wearing one. Unless you have a passenger and your arm and body yeah. go somewhere, I guess. Yeah, but. it's a stretch. So it's a stretch. You have to say, well, okay, you're not wearing a seatbelt. Let's say a bunch of people don't wear seatbelts. Mm-hmm. Now you're working the healthcare system harder Yeah. with unnecessary accidents. Right. You're working the healthcare system harder. That requires more tax dollars to right. fund. Exactly. If you're having to get more tax dollars, now you're oppressing people more than you needed to. So it's true, but it's a long, to your point. Yeah. It's a really long reach to get there. Yep. Is it right? I don't know. I I know know. there's a, exactly there's, then that's where you get your gray area. Yeah. In my opinion, Mm -hmm. there's your, there's your gray area. So what do you think? Like we're seeing this in the technology age. Now people are getting, Obviously censored. Mm-hmm. Professionals. Oh, yeah. People who are having dissenting opinions. Yep. I mean, and it's not that they can't speak about it. It's mm-hmm. that... They speak pop- about it and then they popular get shut down. Fla- popular platforms won't support it. Correct. Based on... Because they'll manage- shut down. Well, the management of the popular platform does not agree with where they're coming from. Or now, they I say, do agree, but they still can't because they know they'll get shut down. Yeah. I you remember when they uh, YouTube put in that you couldn't have firearms on your yeah on your oh, yeah. channel yeah yep. and they had all these guys were, and I did. They, they had shows <laughs> they oh, had yeah. tons of shows oh yeah you know where they went and there are a couple of tubes porn tube really you porn and porn tube started hosting them because you really you, I knew there's a they, couple of different tubes say, not porn tubes they're but like, like other tubes whatever you want to put on our channel yeah you can put it wow and, and there are tubes like that I know that for a fact so crazy to yep. me to think that people are. That porn sites are more about free speech it's and sad. supporting supporting discussion. Yep. And airing thoughts that yep. may be mistaken. Yeah. If you if you're wrong, you should be able to put it out there and get beat up by society for, for <laughs> your opinion. Who cares? Exactly. You just should because then you can actually go. Okay, well maybe I should update my model. Right. Maybe I'm missing something. Right. If I never get to voice it, and then you shut me down. Right. It doesn't I don't ever get. I don't stop believing it. Yeah, and you don't you don't get uh, exactly you don't get corrected either. Right, and I get bitter. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, and see though, but then it goes into a whole other argument too, though. So why are you really censoring us? Right. You know, so if flat Earth or masks for COVID or multiple different topics, if they are a hundred percent wrong and silly, why not make us look? Just let ourselves let us make let make let us make ourselves look like fools. Well, and it comes um, back to that compassionate argument that you and I were talking about. I think before we started, is the liberal perspective comes from one of compassion. Yep, and it turns a into certain, communism at a certain <laughs> well at a certain level of analysis. And they start forcing it down people's throats. Like, yeah, well, and I same th- with the right. It's so, far right's the exact well, same. Well, that's way, the though. funny thing, and I'm I'm working on this theory. Um, Hitler was liberal, which is a really funny thing to think about. He, he was, was an, he was an animal rights ad- advocate. Uh, he loved animals. He's an artist. He, he was he, he was, was an artist. He was also vegan, um, but he took a ton of drugs. Yeah, and um, well, I mean, 
a lot of drugs. Who's not medicated right now in the U.S.? That's true. And plus, um, he had a massive country with a massive war he was doing. But, and by the way— so, But he's labeled as a right-wing extremist. Why? Well, because the right they want to shut the right down. It's because the organization yeah. that implemented the liberal ideas mm-hmm. that he had— Yeah. The extreme liberal ideas right. that he had was conservative. They're regimented. And what we've learned with personality types is the entrepreneurs are usually left-leaning yeah. in their philosophy. Right. It's just like the big There's, switch. The big switch right. never really happened. In fact, there was only like 20 or 30% people that actually switched. Uh, and they were actually more of like the uh, the, the rich versus like the uh, middle class and poor. So most people actually just kept their opinions of the left and the right and their belief system. But I do know that a lot of, I guess, I don't people that run the place uh run the world are the, the horde. ones the horde <laughs> they <laughs> uh they yeah. um just they like to keep it like that though the whole andrew jackson you know the guys on the 20 bill uh mm-hmm. he was like one of the biggest slave advocates and slave owners there were um but yet he has been he's on our 20 bill he's know? not idolized though um, no he's, trail, no, he's not the trail of te- between the trail of tears the trail of tears was during his such whole a slave, thing yeah yep. a, well he masterminded he masterminded it. yeah exactly yeah. And then the slave ownership it's good idea, you know that. things like that. <laughs> well, again, what, you got to know history, man. Know where you're coming from. Know you what you're to. talking about. Correct. At least because you time. looked at it, <laughs> not because you're repeating what somebody else said. And that's where that's where our philosophies are very much aligned. Yeah. When I see political advocates and protesters just repeating mantras that were told right. to them by correct a politician they liked right. or whatever, it's like. Those aren't your words. You're well, they not want even... the right. They want the right to look bad, though, too. And I'm not necessarily saying the right's right or wrong. <laughs> well, the right's but... doing it to the left now, too. And exactly. I'm That's what I happy. hate about it. I know, yeah. man, because the right is like the, they're turning. They have their own weird extreme wing now, and I really don't like it because it's yeah. starting to just mimic the exact same opposite, and it's all belongs pretty much nowadays to the same bird. But it used to be you get the blue dog Democrat and you had the rich red Republican. And honestly, they were two separate ideas, but they still loved America. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, as long as American values were still held in place, they all agreed. Well, it's it needs, it's neat to me to see that the framework of the framers is still here in that you had Hamilton far, yes. far, um, statist federalist statist mm-hmm. he, yep. he wanted nobles like yep. he, he wanted the nobility structure to come back he's right. the founder of the federal reserve yeah it's like okay and then you've got jefferson who's like look liberty man liberty 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 right. personal liberty right everybody should be free he was he was pretty much on he was i'm, I'm gonna get in trouble for this he did not profess it but his philosophies do align with anarchy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, there's a lot of arguments saying that anarchy isn't all that bad, depending on how it's structured. Voluntarist society makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, it does. Um, because you can govern yourselves. And, you know, if you have, let's say you have a small town of 100 people. Well, if you all govern yourselves and you're all pretty sound-minded people for the most part, and you all have the same values and core structures, which most people do. You don't want to murder people for no reason and rape and pillage and whatnot. If you have one or two (laughs) jack-offs, pardon my French, (laughs) uh, in the group, then everybody is obviously going to just put them out, you know? You would think. That's that's, that's what the anarchy kind of thing goes, though. You know, it's, it's, I mean, I guess you could kind of still say that it's, that's kind of getting into like democracy a little bit or even maybe a little bit of a republic. But at the same time, uh, I feel like those people just make decisions for themselves 
as a team, kind of de- democratic, I guess, but then they just push that one or those one or two right. people out. The fear is that it reduces to tribalism. Tribalism, yeah. we know, war more than stable right. societies. Correct. Um, That's what we're scared of when yeah. we hear anarchy. So my argument is there's it's a force balance. You need Jefferson and you need Hamilton. Sure. Both their perspectives at the same table like yeah. it was when we first started. Sure, that ma- that makes sense. And... You know, sometimes... Get a little 50-50. Well, that's the thing, though, is it's not 50-50, because it never is. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, like, on both sides of the argument. But what I'm saying is, it's... Sometimes it's 60-40 Hamilton. And then, depending on the situation, sometimes it needs to be 60-40 Jefferson. Yeah. So it And there should be a dance there. Yep. And what I think makes Washington the best president... And he's far enough back we can idolize him, but when I look at other presidents... He was facilitating the conversation. He was the quiet guy that said, look, you're both just being ridiculous. Here's a good common ground. Maybe we can find this. Yeah. We don't have that anymore. Yeah. We have propaganda and counter-propaganda. And they're both saying, you said you did it first. Yeah. Well, see, like you said, you know, Hamilton uh, helped erect the Federal Reserve Mm -hmm. uh, along with many other families, big elite families. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, with the backing, you can't just do that one person. Um, you know, I think that was, was it 1913 that it got erected in America? Uh, Federal Reserve? Was it 1914, 1912? It was no, ni- early 1900s. I know that much. Very early. So it's gone through a few different iterations. Well, that's when it, I know that's um, when it was erected here, though, when right? It was, that was when it got the label Federal Reserve, I right, think. Right, right. Yeah, the Federal um, Reserve. And yeah, then, of talking, course, that we had the... Hamilton uh, would have been long dead. Right, yeah, then. that's that's true. But it's but, his philosophies at the very least. Right. right? Some type of... Central banking system. Yeah. Um, But uh, what I was going to say was, you know, lo and behold, late 20s came around and a lot of people say that the Great Depression happened because of how the Federal Reserve was enacted, along with how they wanted to tax people and things of that nature. Um, You know, so I don't really believe in a federal tax. I believe in a state tax. I think you're going to have to have some taxes, otherwise you're not going to have roads and things like that. But I think that they tax us way too much. I'm still a fair tax proponent. Yeah. But people hear that and they they hear flat tax. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's 24% on all non, what, what do they call it when it's food and water? Non-bare uh, essentials. <laughs> yeah, whenever it's whenever it's that, yeah. it's a 24% tax. And the reason yeah. for that is as you do more, you need more. I guess you'd call them. Yeah, as you do more, you need more. So you'll purchase more. So your taxes are oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in They're direct correlation. Where, where your yeah. money is. Right. And, and that's fair. And, and that's captures, why they say the rich don't pay their fair taxes because they damn well don't. Right. And then there's the other element of illegals not, not paying pay. at all. Right. Exactly. So this would capture both. Yeah. And that's fair. Um, yeah, I could see that. But there's, you know, it's we're oversimplifying it and this is just a surface thing. But, but so why not? Into it. Yeah. It's a good why not, idea. Why not oversimplify no, it at first? And then the fact that we're not looking know. at it is what bothers me. Yeah. And that's kind of the fact that's kind of coming back to the COVID thing. There are differing opinions. Yeah. I understand. Oh, what was his name? the The model that we went with. There were really good reasons for it to have a fifteen percent constant infection rate. Oh, in the model because yeah. you want to prepare for the worst. Right. The problem was in practice we didn't see that in any country. Right. It trailed. It tapered off after right. the first two weeks. Yeah. So, are we just pot committed? 
Well, see, that's what I'm now saying. We've well, said, now we now we need to adjust. Or it could be something and altogether different, And now we don't want to eat too. that humble, that humble, humble pie. pie. Is yeah. that it? it? But it could I mean, be something completely different, too. They mm-hmm. could be using this to do something. Have you ever mm-hmm. heard of the QAnon? We shouldn't get too far into this. I do um, know QAnon. But the whole QAnon theories about yeah. how Trump is going to be apparently um, arresting and ha- holding tribunals and military tribunals for all these elite pedophiles and Mm -hmm. uh, actor pedophiles and all these people. I've heard a thousand different stories in a a million different ways, but um, I do find that fascinating. Uh, And have you heard of, have you heard of the whole JFK's son theory? No. So that's QAnon too. That's QAnon too. Is it really? Oh yeah. That's brand new. Like a couple months ago, I believe. So apparently they're saying that JFK Jr. never died and that Donald Trump, has kept him hidden and safe for years and years and years. This is I'm about to blow your mind here in a second. It's already blown. Okay. So just like JFK's. <laughs> so, anyways, um they're saying that once all this crap goes off and everything comes to light, Trump tells the truth and shows you all these evil people and all these evil elitists and the swamp apparently, and he's drained it finally. Well, and then he's going to show JFK Jr. to light, and apparently he's going to be the president, or he's going to want to possibly be the next president. God only knows. But then at the flip side, a lot of people think that's going to be like the Antichrist and things like that, too. Uh, somebody that everybody's going to gather behind, everybody can unite behind. He's not a crazy politician jerk, and he's not a celebrity like Trump, you know. Where no, he's, he's just, magnetic. He's magnetic to yeah. everybody. But here's the scary thing. What was uh, Inauguration Day where Trump technically became president and Obama uh, left into the helicopter. Do you remember what Melania Trump was wearing? Was it the light blue? The light blue. The light blue hat, the Jackie was wearing. Ja- the exact the Jackie oh yep uh, yeah. was actually wearing. And here's the scariest thing. Do you remember the present that they gave um and I don't necessarily believe this theory is I'm just I think it has some interesting points. So uh, yeah. Melania gave um <sighs> What's about Barack Obama? Michelle Obama's uh, a gift. And do you remember what that gift was? No. It was a blue box, Tiffany blue box, just like her Tiffany blue outfit, which just like Jackie O wore. But the blue box, JFK Jr., his ashes were in a light blue box, just like that. So Tiffany, she's Tiffany blue box. So she's handing the box saying, to Michelle guess Obama. What? And I don't know what the significance of yeah. that is really. And it could all just be, you know, but the whole present thing was weird. Anyways, that doesn't, they don't gift presents like that usually. Um, and I'm not no, saying there's a mandatory not, gift. It's, was it's there a mandatory? The, yeah, okay. it's part okay. of the ceremony. I still find um, it fascinating that it was that Tiffany blue box and, yeah. you know, straight to Michelle Obama. Cause she didn't even know. She looked at it and she, you could see her face was like, kind of like shocked. Like yeah. it, was, it was weird. It was kind of scary. Uh, and I didn't know anything about it until like a couple months ago when I looked into this. Um, but apparently that's like the whole deal. And it's, it's wow. just kind of scary. And there's a lot of other things too that I'm not bringing up well, so or mentioning cause I'm forgetting the, about them. But the thing is too, and for somebody who doesn't know the story that I'm about to bring up, this is going to seem like a leap. This being a, a small, a small token of a huge conspiratorial backstory. Except George W. Bush handed the Russians the tape of the funeral that they had in the '60s for the Russian crew that Project Azorian was commissioned. To bring up from the depths of the Pacific. This is <laughs> now. Here's the thing. 
people are listening to me going, you've just got your own conspiracy theory. It's like, no, no, no. This is declassified. Howard Hughes yeah. was commissioned due yep. to a global event. We were the only ones that had tri- sonar triangulation like at the time. U- UFO videos that were just declassified. Uh, Do you see those? Yeah, and I've been listening to David too. Fraber for about... Honestly, I didn't fall into that hole until I saw Dan Aykroyd yeah, on Joe I mean, Rogan. Yeah, that's like a whole other like thing. Yeah, that we can but talk I did, about, and like... it's great. And it's like, I mean, this guy's not making it up. He's just telling you what he saw. Right. He's like, I don't, I don't care if it's aliens or what. I just want to fly it. Can you yeah. get me? Can you get me one? I just <laughs> want to fly it. What is it? What is it? Is like, it like... yeah. I mean, there's different takes too. I, I've got a guy. He's pretty well versed in the Book of Enoch, and we're going to talk about the Watchers and the yeah. Sons of God and the yeah, Sons of the Men. Yeah, the Watchers. Oh yeah. Um, all that's. Well, really just real, cool real stuff, quick, but real, real, coming real, real back, quick. coming back, Project Azorian, real quick. Yeah, 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 sure. Um, just to tie it up, and we can leave. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Howard Hughes was commissioned to go find what seemed to be a nuclear event. Okay. In the Pacific, not far from the coast of Hawaii. As a matter of fact, it was within missile range. Interesting. Of Hawaii, within the subnets, and they kept it secret. They denied it for decades. But they were talking back and forth with the Russians. The Russians would periodically ask, hey, what did you find out with? That's pretty We crazy. know you were out there because we were out there looking for it. That's pretty crazy. Right? And they were like, no, we weren't. And that's the thing that gets me. No, <laughs> we weren't. And then just handed them that. And then you look at MKUltra and you look at the other programs where they say, no, we didn't do that. And then you find out they were testing on, this is all declassified, testing on prisoners, testing mm-hmm. on yep. uh, uh, um, asylum patients. Mm-hmm. Yep. At the time, without their consent. Which we already knew all that was happening anyways, really. But people were being told, this is not happening. Right, you? of course, yeah. Government whole, lies. Whole towns being tested mm-hmm. using uh, mosquito trucks. No joke. Like, they're just playing around. Wow. And then they're saying, no, we're not doing that. And they deny it for 50 years. Mm-hmm. And then they say, yeah, we did that. We're sorry. But don't worry, we don't do that anymore. Right, we don't do that anymore. That's what they. Like, that's what they're. That's funny, because is. if you look at the program before... MK Ultra. You guys are probably doing it right now. <laughs> they, they said it. They said it with the program before. They're like, yeah, Project Bird. That was terrible. Project Blue Beam, too. I mean, we, yeah, we don't do that anymore. MK Ultra started the next day. Yeah. It's just the same program, different exactly. name. Exactly. So don't tell me there's not stuff that we're Weird being lied to exactly. about. Tons and tons of stuff. And man. you can say it's for the greater good. You can say it's for our safety. You right. can say it's for the stability of the world. Right. The ends for me doesn't justify the means. Right. Not even close. Not even yeah. remotely close. Um, we're 100% lied to. And all I was just going to say real, real yeah, quick yeah, no, we can... was uh, just really simply that we were talking about the simplicities of it there. Uh, and we were just kind of discussing the Bible briefly there. Mm-hmm. I was just simply saying one thing I did forget to mention, rushing back very quickly, and then we'll keep going where no, we no, were, yeah, where we're no, moving we're... forward, was a lot of the stories in the Bible, like uh, the giants, for instance. Apparently there were real giants back then. Yeah. In fact, over the past couple hundred years— in newspapers, there's been like almost every couple months there was new giant bones found. Well, nowadays the Smithsonian has been covering all that stuff up. Mm. You can't see any. I'm talking big, like 15, 20 feet tall. Mm-hmm. These are real bones that were actually found, human bones. And I gotta see this. You I've, gotta check it. Check it I've out. Seen, man. I've seen some allusions to it, but I haven't seen anything. Right, because there's go, a lot of fake stuff. Because there's there. a lot of good Bigfoot footage. <laughs> there's a this lot. Is, of, this is way different. Well, so, it might not be if if maybe because given the height estimates of Bigfoot. What if well, these he's people, just I mean, a leftover giant? Some of these people are like 40 feet tall. Yeah, some but what of if them. those are just the little like, ones that we're seeing? Level. Those um, are the kids. And we're also talking about like big, there's apparently like big tall trees that reach up close to the heavens as well. Like the mountaintops so that we think that are tree. flat I've looked uh, at that mountains. tree. Well, there's not just one. There's like hundreds, but yeah. we're going off on different roads now. But what yeah, I was yeah. going to say Sticking was just real yeah. quick, because <laughs> there's so much to talk about. So much it's to unpack. So much. So yeah. much. Insane. But um, 
what I was going to say was, is there's so many different little stories in the Bible, like David and Goliath, mm-hmm. the giants, uh, or the Tower of Babel, King Nimrod, that tower going up there. Uh, you know, even uh, Noah and the floods, like where all that damn water come from? Hey, what if he opened up? You know, all those stories kind of start making sense a little bit more, you know, mm. um, in, in my opinion. And also, I mean, just in general, the, those stories start making a lot more sense because if you take the Bible literally now, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But if you take it on a flat plane along with the waters above, waters below, all other stuff, it starts, it really does start to make a lot more sense. You know, T- King Nimrod could actually build a tower to the top of the firmament and possibly crack through it uh, if he made a tower large enough. You know, and they were talking about it being like hundreds of cubits by hundreds of cubits, which were, this thing was like 10 miles in circumference. I mean, stupid huge. I wonder if that tree is actually the old foundation. It, you know, that's that's one thing, you know, that's one theory. But I'm saying like a lot of these like mountains, you got to think of how dense and how strong these trees must have been like stone probably because a lot of people think they're just rocks, but they would have had to have been harder than rocks or just as hard as rocks to be that large and that tall to hold that amount Mm, of weight. mm -hmm. Just, you know, theories, but you know, it's still very interesting. Something to go, something to think about. Well, and it tickles my curiosity, right? Because one of the things that I think we have a problem with in discussing current theory versus flat earth theory is the straw manning of each other. Right. And all it is is an exaggeration of what we're doing day to day. I just like, wish more people could talk like we're doing right now. I think we need to do it by example. That's yes. why we're doing it today. Yes. Is the idea is, hey, you know what? If the world starts seeing more people doing it, maybe they'll start trying yeah, it Yeah, I mean, because flat earthers called uh, globers or heliocentric model people, globe tards and all this other stuff. It's, and then flat tards. I mean, it's just so childish. Libtards. So, I mean, I've seen them all. It's just terrible. <laughs> it's Stop. silly. It's silly. Yeah. We are all adults. We are not si- And if you have any type of argument at all, there's no reason why you should be calling people names. The truth. Because name truth calling is for people that defense. are ignorant. Truth doesn't need defense. If what right. you believe is true and, right. and irrefutable. Right. Then why argue it? Right. Yeah, I agree with that. No, yeah. I, I do see there's propaganda and you start twisting things. So you need right. to at least acknowledge objective yeah. truth. But this stuff, coming back to the Bible, the reason it makes sense, the Bible, if you're looking at old text and pre, you know, 500 years ago. Sure. It's going to make sense. Yeah. Because the Bible, there are many objective things in it that line up with objective scientific understanding that well, we know. Of, what, of what they also believed in back in the day and, and look and, I, and well, i'm not and, saying that either but you know that does make sense too but, but do, you, do you believe in the bible well like yeah like the, I mean, you know the like, pork the the parasites in pork right there's a good reason for you to not have pork yeah like right? that's what the bible says too yeah and it's, of course so and to be able to explain that there's a great great line that um jesus talks about where he says I talk to you about earthly things and you don't understand. How can I talk to you about heavenly things? It's the same idea. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, just like a kid, don't eat that. Right. Because I can't explain to you that there's a parasite living in that that's sure. going to go into your brain and right. cause you to go a bit mad. Yeah. Right? I can't do that because you don't get what a parasite is. Right. So I got to step you up. Right. And one of the things that scripture does too is that it is a, it's a phenomenological account. It's not an objective scientific account because there was no objective scientific method method as we understand it now uh it let it paved the way for that the discipline of carrying past stories without altering them Mm. you know we know it was an oral tradition before it was a written tradition right and people don't realize like the lengths that priests had to go to 
in order to not alter. So if there was a typo, and this is as late as uh, Dark Ages, mm. if there's a typo in one line in the last chapter of the book, you have to scrap the whole thing. You do. They they King had James, to the King James Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, there was two brothers that were um, they were brought up to actually write that whole entire Bible, the King James Bible. That's what the Levites and are. They were incarcerated and I believe killed publicly because King James found out. And the Ten Commandments, they actually twisted a couple of them. Just I don't know if they were trying to be funny or evil or what, but one of them, instead of it saying, thou shalt not kill, it said, thou shalt kill. Uh, and I'm Oops. talking like legitimate, like big typos. Um, in fact, one of the biggest things was is that they named Jesus with the J, and that was not ever supposed to be happening because the letter J didn't come out till like four or five hundred right. years Latin. ago. Yeah. Um, so, but I. they left that. Yeah, but they left Jesus in there, of course, which is why we call him Jesus now. And in fact, it's probably Yeshua or some name like yeah, that, which it, it doesn't would be really the Hebrew matter. Name, but... Which to this day, Messianic Jews and Orthodox Jews. Well, Orthodox Jews don't really bother with it, so sorry, Ben Shapiro. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Messianic Jews, the ones that are following the traditions of Judaism but believe that Christ came along, um, they still, in the texts, they'll strike out the O in Lord. They usually drop a vowel huh. because the name is so sacred and they have such high respect. It's the whole hallowed and right. hallowed be your name. Yeah. But they're they're using it in practice. I'm not going to use this for vanity. I'm yeah. not going to use this lightly. Right. So when they and write that's, it that's, with yeah, the letters, that makes it's sense. huge. Yeah. It's like no, no. This guy is like putting his soul out there. Like it's it's really cool. Which is I wonder why if so they, the level like, of reverence text where when they would say like a biblical name like God or you know Yeshua or whatever they would write. The first letter so much larger. Yeah, you have caps lock, but yep. come on, this is a capital letters, but this is like ten times bigger than that capital letter. Yep. And they're just trying to give it the most high. Yes, the absolute reverence it should carry was yes. the idea. And so when you've Makes got sense. a society that is that knit, saying, "Look, you can't have a typo, or you scrap the whole scroll or right. book, or whatever," it's going to self-regulate. Now, the argument is that a bunch of guys got together and wrote a fictional story called the Bible. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, maybe. It's a story. That's a theory I'm still really working yeah, there's, on. Yeah, there's a, a whole theory that that entire but, book was made for control. Right, but... But, you know, at the same time, though... There's too much going really on. Know? There's it. too much going on. It's extremely elaborate. And, again, there's a lot of things that actually do make sense in the Bible when you put it into layman's terms. Yeah, well, um, so and that's where I was going with phenomenological. As I perceive the world, like you and I, we don't, for what we do day to day, there are some technologies that exist that require the Earth to be globe-shaped for it to work. Talking about signals, line of sight, things like that. Um, and satellite orbits, all that good stuff. Yeah, I don't believe in satellites which, either. I know. So it's like, <laughs> right, it, that's another I mean, it's, rabbit trail. It's another rabbit trail. Yeah, it's another rabbit trail. Another rabbit trail. But if technology works, because I work in IT, sure. if it works the way I understand it to work, then it has to work in there a, you go. In a if certain you under, yeah, format. The way you understand it to work. The way yes. I understand it to work. Correct. And the way the technology is being built mm-hmm. is dependent on it. Just sure. like at, uh, we have to believe that quantum mechanics exists because we're making wires so small on processors now that if quantum mechanics didn't work the way we know them to work, the electrical signal would end up on the wrong side of the wire. Yeah, and, and so I can see this, that in, in definitely this, some aspects. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, I think a lot of the cables, like the we have like 
hundreds of thousands of miles of yeah. undersea cables that really give us most of our internet. And then we do also have big cell towers. They're trying to go to 5G now. Also, we, that's another thing we can talk that's about. That's a eventually. great conspiracy theory um, that I don't know much about. I don't know a ton about it, but yeah. I, I've I've seen a lot about it, and um, I don't really know how how much grounding there is on that. I have heard quite a few things about how some the radio waves actually it's so much stronger than 4G than it actually uh, was that like 60 gigahertz or something like that. It actually I don't know the specs. Vibrates it's moving still. We're trying to get it right. Cellular wa- the water in your cells, and that's what causes that so much. Like you can throw up and get sick sure. and cancer, and God only knows what else. So well, we know this. To be true, because you can do UF, ULF crowd control. Are you familiar with yes. this? Yes. Yeah, the whole world. You take world. a focused beam of, <laughs> yes. of low frequency, lower yep. than my voice, all the way down, lower than that, to where <laughs> you can't don't. hear it. I don't have a low voice. You can't voice, actually but... <laughs> hear it. That's how, we, that's how we can actually predict that there are earthquakes coming. Yeah. Is oh, that's interesting. The ultra-low frequency that. hits before the movement and the shifting of the techno- tectonic plates hit. Sure. Um, that's pretty neat. Yeah, and so we figured it out where these things exist, for one, and then we started channeling them at things, and you can make people sick to their stomach by hitting them with a beam of ULF. Interesting. It's but you really can cool actually tech. get and it's, it's sick non-violent. too, can't you? If there's a, yeah. a earthquake that's about to happen, yes. you feel kind of sick. If to your you're stomach. sensitive to low frequency things, yeah, that... so it, it makes a good case that, for that us movie, being based phenomenon. Phenomenon, uh-huh. yeah, very good. Yes, Dang John it. Travolta, <laughs> uh, Kevin Bacon's wife, whatever her name is, and Forrest Whitaker. Oh, is that, her, is that, that his the, wife? For a long Kevin, time, I don't oh, know if okay. she's still. I know, that's, that's you know how Hollywood marriages are. That's true. That's true. But uh, <laughs> and Forrest Whitaker. That was the first time I had seen Forrest Whitaker. I love that movie. Um, Good old Forrest. Yeah, the uh, Forrest Whitaker. Eye. Nyquil Dayquil guy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Nyquil Dayquil. Yes. He's great though. He is um, great. Uh, so ULF does. Yeah, if you're sensitive to it. So what that does is it establishes that our bodies are operating on frequencies. Mm-hmm. We don't know to the extent of that. Sure. We're There's, built. I've heard. We are built. You want to talk about quantum mechanics? I think God, the person that or the being that created us, is on a whole nother level of quantum physics. Well, and, <laughs> and the biggest thing, and this is what I'm getting to, is he spoke the universe into existence. Mm. So, what if it's not matter that matters? It's sound. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. There right? you go. There you so go. So that's, that's where that's I'm kind of going. That's like, a great theory. We're messing with a lot of frequencies. And what, what if his frequency and his voice alone has the capacity to create? certain life and certain things see like i didn't really think about that well that, that was, could be an answer to itself of what is the meaning of life what is how did life get created you know because you got all the big bang theory which i definitely don't believe that but that actually makes sense i think it looks um, like that in an, from an observation waves, side sound waves man there's so much you know to be said about that i know that for a fact why do you feel depressed when you hear a sad song correct yeah right? is it because your brain's interpreting a a conditioned response it's bringing you or into is a it, feeling yeah because when it's really good music when it's really good music people good for people what your talk mind about, think it is well no i mean really good as far as like people talk about saying i had a religious experience yeah uh, yeah that's what i'm saying it's, it's different for everybody though. it's speaking to the soul well how does it speak to the soul right it's sound waves what is the soul well then what's this maybe the soul is made up of some kind yeah. of sound inspired yeah, material, and then you can start talking know. about the about the pineal gland that's in your mm-hmm. brain, and how a lot of people think that the people that run this world 
are constantly trying to poison us with certain foods and things that may not just kill us immediately, but are very good about calcifying that pineal gland so that we are not grounded with anything and we can't really think for ourselves as well. We don't, we don't, it's hard for us to deal with our emotions correctly. Why is fluoride in the water? Why is fluoride in the water? We know for a fact that that's not good. You know what I mean? It, it, it doesn't, it's not good for your teeth either. So it's, I mean, know, it is in a dose, in an intense extru- dose to de, right. You don't use like at the it. dentist. You don't want to ingest no, it. And yeah. you don't want to ingest it a lot right, over time. Exactly. So over I, time, exactly. Right. And that's, that's what really will get you. Yeah. And that's what a lot of the stuff that they put into us with the metals and things like that, that's what will cause us, our bodies, to have problems over time. Well, you know, so one of the things about Alzheimer's is that they've seen that the the coating of the brain, because it gets a gets like a calcium. Sure. Uh, um membrane it's on the membrane it's like a, yeah yeah i know it's what you're layer. talking about it's like a and little a build weird up. film yeah it's a build up on all yeah, the circuits sure and the it's comprised of aluminum among other things <laughs> yeah i wouldn't doubt that at all yep do you know what we put on our body every day that has aluminum in it uh deodorant deodorant yeah underneath your armpits that's why my wife and i we don't we use total organic non-aluminum Got you. yep yeah as I yeah. mean, I still use antiperspirant, it's which so is what good that it's you specifically know that too, in any. It makes me happy that you know that stuff, man. Thanks. Like, I mean, I know you're a really smart guy and everything, and I'm just, I'm really happy that you're seeing so far into a lot of this stuff because this is where you need to be in order to really, truly think for yourself. I mean, you gotta just Thanks. know it all. <laughs> well, so this is where you and I have a lot of fun on Facebook too. If I yeah. poke at you for a typo or something like that, yes, I'm not trying to poke at you saying you're wrong. I know. I'm saying let's get together and make your argument better. Yeah. Let's dive in. Dude, another problem with me. I love doing that with you. I love doing that with you. (laughs) I will be in my car. It shouldn't be texting and driving. And I will every not all the time, but every once in a while. I will text and then I won't really read it and then I'll just hit post like a dummy. Like a dummy. Um, and then I every once in a while I'll have a typo and I'm like, Oh great, damn it. (laughs) Yep, yeah, typos and then uh, But it does make your argument look worse though, unfortunately. If you're talking about feet versus miles, I mean that's a big difference. Exactly. It's literally miles of difference. You're right. You're right. Because something will pop into my head though and I'm like, I gotta say this right. right now and then But rather than tearing you apart, and this is where I'm talking about civil discourse sure I didn't tear you apart for saying no, 33,000 feet yeah of course is ridiculous I knew what you meant right and I articulated it and helped you make your argument right. make your case if we're building each other up and encouraging each other in an honest pursuit of truth right I think that's a great example it of is. how one day we'll find out how we're both wrong and how we can and that's something completely different or God only knows yeah but we're just trying to find it in a pursuit of where we need to be and what we are. Yeah. But you know what's funny though, man, is like you are, when I first started touting all the, um, you know, we can talk about Freemasons too, because I've heard a lot about bad yeah, things about no, Freemasons too, yeah. but and we'll go, that's for another time. But um, You need to gonna, watch two episodes ago because we actually talked about it a bit. The Freemason and then stuff? I, yeah, I distracted and, and talked about Ghostbusters more than <laughs> the subject that we had in mind. No but, worries, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, so what I was going to say was, and... Golly jeepers, what were we just See, talking about? See, this is what I do. Yeah. But Freemasons, and then the, before Freemasons, we were talking about pursuing truth at a level of detail. Yeah. Uh, when you first started, when you first thank started you. pursuing. Thank you, yes. Yep, when I, I first knew you started, back then. Thank you, partner. Mm-hmm. So uh, about a year ago, actually about two years now, actually, when I started, actually, I came out of the closet as a flat earther. Yeah, I remember. Big step, okay? Huge. You're going to get crucified at first. Everyone's going to call you a moron. Eventually, it all dies down because either one, people stop trying to argue with you or two uh you learn and that's another reason why i decided to learn so much about the whole theory of flat earth is because i did not want to be um 
embarrassed all that much. I mm-hmm. wanted to make sure I had some type of argument that I can talk about. Uh, otherwise, you know, I am going to look like an idiot. Uh, even though I've seen th- certain things for myself and I've I've witnessed certain things for myself mm-hmm. uh, that I cannot retract, so that's why I believe them, but I still need to watch these things a million and a half times over so I can truly retain it. Uh, and I can speak to my argument, um, mm-hmm. which is any person, instead of calling names, you need to learn how to speak to your arguments. Um, but uh, what I was going to say was you are one of the very few people still left uh, that can really have any inclination to an argument with me thank you um everybody else is they just they can't argue with me anymore because i just they're not they're not as advanced as you are in uh how thorough you've investigated things is really what it comes down to yeah there's also a level of i love doing it me too i love digging in i'm fascinated and (laughs) one of the things that i think comes with straw manning is you know, there's also just how much time am I willing to spend on this? Yeah, you gotta. If I think you're being ridiculous, how much time am? Or, not a lot. How much time are? That's missing the point. Right. The point is, Rob Duff is a beautiful human being created <laughs> by God with a wow. spark of divinity of his own, just like me. <laughs> that's right. And that's the point, just like me. Yeah. How much time would I wish somebody would give me? How much would I want to be heard by just somebody else? Yeah. Like honestly heard. Sure. That's the point. Yeah. One of the reasons I think flat earthers get away with a lot, because there's a lot of low res flat earthers. You're not one of them, which is great. Right. Low res flat earthers will think about three layers deep. Mm -hmm. Right. And usually they can talk about those three layers and then subject change enough to where pivot to where scientifically minded people just throw their hands up. They're like, this is just a a never ending. Yeah, they start saying globetards a lot. And it's like, (laughs) what if you stop trying to push your idea that it's a global earth? What if you just start listening to somebody? That's it. And vice versa, too. Because at the end of the day, like we were talking about, it doesn't actually affect. As far as I'm concerned, from here to the store at the corner, Mm -hmm. it's flat. Yeah. I move in the world as if it is flat. Yeah, I perceive the world as if it is a dome. Yeah, we're stationary. Well, also that we're stationary. You know, there's no yeah. movement from what we can tell. Right. Um, but, you know, and, and, and that's... And that's... so day to day, what really matters, and this is where, coming back to what Christ said, he didn't say the greatest commandment was to go figure out the mysteries of the universe. Correct. Love one another as I have loved you. Wow. Yep. And if it's Christ, if he is that's the true. person that he claimed to be, mm-hmm. he is the architect of all of this. Yeah. And we are all being idiotically absurd yes. anytime we try to speak from a point of intelligence on it. Yes. And he still listened. Yeah. He's still listening. He's still listening. Still listening. That's awesome. Yeah. Right? I agree, man. That's and what, uh that's what we gotta aim at. I agree, man. And just treat everybody with respect and uh and just try to learn from each other, you know. And I'm not gonna say that, you know, I'm like some boy scout or anything like that. Cause I've definitely well, said my, my share yeah. of like, I'll see something online that I find absolutely absurd and I'll be like, what the hell is your problem? Blah, yeah. blah, blah. <laughs> but, um, but you know, I, I actively try to do that less and less, I should say. Well, that's sanctification. Um, that's the know. difference between what I think somebody who's a fire insurance Christian, as I've heard it called. Yeah. They, yeah. they give the confession. Do what they got to do. Go to church every week. Yeah. Make sure we're going to get there. Yeah. Just in what case. What we're called <laughs> to do is to follow him and be more like him every day, which Correct. is sanctification. That is a conscious every day, every hour of every day. Mm-hmm. I have to decide, am I going to do it my way or am I going to do it his way? Yeah. And I'm going to mess up. And I feel like the more that you truly try to go down his path, not your path, and just understand the things that happen in your life and 
what's happening in your life. Just don't try to control them as much as you do the best you can, obviously, but just kind of understand that there, that's just his path for you. Just keep doing what you're doing. And once you just kind of, I guess, forfeit yourself to that, uh, you start becoming happier. You start becoming less self-absorbed. Your ego kind of falls away a little bit. You become more of a human being, if you will. Um, and you just become happier and he starts blessing you more. And, and the world gets better the around you. The world gets like, better around you. Yes. Even if you're with a bunch of people that don't believe that. Right. Your existence, the way you're brightening things up. doesn't matter what they're thinking and saying. Helps them be in a place where they can make a less wrong decision. Yeah. And it's a beautiful yeah. ripple effect. That's true. Yeah. It's true. <sighs> Good so, talk. Yeah. Two theories. Landing on a truth. Yeah. I can't find a better way to button this up. Yeah, I was about to say, it's it's a good one right here. This has been great. Yeah, We should been. do it again. We should. Yeah, and you're not far from me, so we can do no, this. No, we're not too far away. Yeah, we should definitely do this again. We Maybe should. we'll dive into uh, some of the more details that we get, yeah. didn't get to go to, like Van Allen and yeah. heat so, transfer, because and, that's my answer to the thermosphere, is um, heat transfer particles yeah. coming into contact long sure, enough sure. to transfer and I kinda, heat, which honestly, is Honestly, I kind of winged this today. Um, I didn't know how... Detailed things are awesome. going to go, but I, I didn't study up or anything like that. But what I'll say is, next time we uh, have a session, yeah, um, you know, we'll talk two weeks in advance, and um, whatever topic we're going to be talking about, I actually try to brush up a little bit too, so I cool. actually have a little bit uh, more thorough things to say. Which you know, well, I, I think told... people get the point, but mm-hmm. I want to be extremely thorough too. So. Well, I told you I brushed up, but what happened was I set the setup at about. I got done around one thirty last night. Oh gosh! And then I was like, "Oh, I need to refresh my memory." (laughs) You know, it's funny you say that. I mean, I'm not going to lie to anybody. The only refreshing that I got was this morning. I watched my 21 questions uh, just so I could kind of touch. Wait, wait, how many questions do people ask again? And so I did that real, real quick or as fast as I could. I only got like 20 minutes in, and then I also watched the first 15 minutes of my favorite one to watch, which is because it's so thorough. It's three and a half hours long. Of Eric Dubai. Uh, if you guys don't okay. know who Eric Dubai is, uh, he D U B A Y, I believe is how you. Looks uh, like Dubai. Dubai, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, E R I C. That's how he spells his name. But anyways, that guy is one a genius, exceptionally well spoken. He is probably one of the original, if not the OG uh, original younger guy too, kind of like in his late thirties, early forties, okay. like us, but just a bookworm. And he's the one that took into that Zetetic or Zetic, Zetic. I can't I pronounce I it. That. I, I know what either. you're talking about. Yeah, that, I, it's a word I hadn't run across until last. And he just kept reading morning. into it and reading into it. And that's where he came up with these flat, the whole flat earth stuff. Then he started looking into our old history, looking into our old books, um, looking into all this older stuff. And that's where he's come to his conclusions. But he's the one that re sparked the flat earth back in like 2012, 2013, I think. Um, but there's been people for centuries that still believed in flat earth yeah, uh, and also believed in the old ways, but they just, they don't have YouTube channels. They didn't what? really talk about it. So it's 1%, yeah. but that's why flat earth has a 99% retention rate too. So, you know, once you truly yeah. resolve yourself and you see it, uh, eventually you just kind of over, over months and months of research, eventually you just kind of accept it and you're like, Oh my gosh, I All guess right, that's so me. I'm going to, I'm going to end on a landmine here. Yeah. The reason we're starting to question like we are is because we've been lied to and we know we've been lied to by established authority. Yep. This is why, whether it's for good or not, don't lie. Yes. Not even a little bit. Yeah. Tell the people the truth. Move in truth. Because once they question you on the advanced things, 
They'll start questioning you at the very basic understanding of society. And everything starts breaking apart. And then it falls apart. It's not the flat earther's fault that it fell <laughs> fell apart. It's your lies yeah. that did it. Yeah, it's true. We'll see you next time. That's true.